Here we go. Pretty sure we live. Let me check the channel. Copyright. Oh no! Oh no! It's it's original. I promise. Wait, are you serious? No. 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 Soul's quaking his boots. Scare me like that. Yeah, we good. If anything, we'll let it out. <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll get we'll get told. All right, we sound good. All right, cool, cool, cool. Thank you, man. All right, you don't, you're you're don't sound so bad. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. I'm just gonna tweet it out, and then we'll be good to go. Um, sorry. So I got no other crazy story for you this week. That happened. Ooh. It was pretty, pretty original. <laughs> I mean, work was crazy, but. Oh. Uh, let's see. We're family friendly podcast. It's like. Because <laughs> you guys know that I work at a news station, and, and lo and behold, actually, the character I'm playing as TMNT today is <laughs> April O'Neil, <laughs> who works at a news station. Lifetime reporter. Yeah, when, uh, when news broke out yesterday, that was like all hands on deck. Everyone was like. Get to your station now! <laughs> I know, it gets absolutely wild at the news station when like big national breaking news happens. Yeah. Literally with anything. It's kind of crazy. It was like the whole day. I mean, it was like constant updates, right? Yeah, more or less. It was, it was more of like, uh, I think because the biggest thing when big breaking news happens is the reactions that follow from it. And it's not just reactions from you know the citizens or whatever the case may be right like on the street like what do you think about this blah 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 it's more about like oh senator says has this statement against this this, and that or the mayor says this so it's like it's a bunch of stuff like that Mm -hmm. and they'll just keep funneling it because everyone says something about whatever so right yeah it gets pretty hectic uh people don't take breaks (laughs) some people just don't leave (laughs) so it gets pretty wild Yeah, it gets pretty well. Mm, sounds like sounds like um, crunch a little bit. How <laughs> <laughs> are you saying like that? It's very sounds much like crunch. Uh, <laughs> sounds uh, like controversial. Sounds like that uh, Nestle's chocolate bar, man. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Oh, it ain't that yeah. sweet though. Uh, or or that crunchy and delicious, you know. Oh, no, nah, but there's definitely a lot of crunch, that's for sure. But we get the job <laughs> done. It looked everything looks amazing, kind of like yeah. Last of Us too, you know. Oh, oh man. man, it's kind of like <laughs> almost like Red Dead Redemption too. Yeah. Sheesh. Golly, what was it? Hundred hours per week. <laughs> Golly. No, macho. So. so... You, or you're not against the <laughs> just start interviewing you so you're not against this movement huh you're not against the crunch movement <laughs> oh man let's just say i like my salad crunchy right oh those croutons huh golly <laughs> extra cheesy extra, extra cheesy all right you guys ready um, one ready i believe so give me one second make sure that i actually did this right Talk about uh, that yeah, go for it. All right, yeah, I'm ready. Ready. Let's go, April. Oh, what the fuck? Okay. You're not ready. Uh, what? Guys, <laughs> I was yeah, I was trying to add some tags to the to the podcast, but we're good. 
Alright, uh, guys, welcome to the 66th episode of the DualShock and Sense podcast. I am your host, Soul, connoisseur anime waifu, is joined, as always, by my two co-hosts. We have Walt here. How you doing, man? Episode 666. Uh, I mean, 66. Sorry, guys. I almost felt compelled to hell Satan. So, man, we're doing good. Uh, video games and not news. A weird week. Uh... Interesting week. I feel very relaxed right now. I drank some coffee. Uh, it might cause some troubles in a few hours because coffee in the morning, oh, it'll ripple some some motions in my stomach. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you stood really... out of the Taco Bell? Oh, Jesus Listen, Christ. Now it's coffee, man, because here's the thing. Usually, I drink my coffee, I drink it uh, iced, and that doesn't cause anything in my stomach. But when I drink hot coffee and especially if i did it the night prior and the morning of oh buddy it's kind of weird how that works right it's weird it's super weird i don't i don't get it i haven't researched it so probably someone knows i i don't care i just know that it causes that so i'll just i'll, I'll go ahead and drink it ice and i'll feel good but we good man uh can't wait to talk some video games what's that gotta see how that coffee postello that's why Oh, Dios mío. No, and uh, in the cafe I drink is cafe con leche, which is like, and cafe rico, which is from Puerto Rico. Uh, so that one doesn't cause as many ripples as others. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> we here, we ready, we ready to clown on each other, and we ready to talk some games and some PlayStation, because that's what we are, a PlayStation podcast, right, guys? <laughs> oh my gosh, well. <laughs> we also got Macho here. How you doing, man? What's up, everybody? It's the King of Kingdom Hearts and the Final Fantasy Fanatic. I promise you my intro will False. be as cringy or as uh, personal. False. Um, but regardless... No, you, you, love, you love Kingdom Hearts. You're already cringy, bro. Yeah, I don't know about that one, buddy. It's not as cringy as talking about my bowels. But any case, <laughs> <laughs> any case, your point, man. Welcome to Do Shocking Sense. I'm excited to be here. We had a really fun and packed week. I'm excited to talk about games, man. It's going to be good. Got some, got some good topics today. Don't be so... Exactly, yeah, we do. Uh, guys, before we do get started, I want to remind you all to go ahead and like the podcast, share it out, uh, leave a comment, uh, as long as it's not uh, you know, a bot comment uh, telling us to click on a link, then yeah, go ahead, feel free to. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, man, let's uh, get started by talking about the games that we have been playing uh, this past week. Um, I'll kick things off, because mine is, is pretty short. Uh, guys, I, uh, I tried... <laughs> How do I start this one off? Oh, first uh, of all, uh, I, I picked up The Outer Worlds, man. The greatest game ever. Uh, I started I started playing it again. Uh, I'm, I'm having so much fun in that game. Oh, I'm kidding. Okay. Blink, twi- blink twice if you're a hostage. <laughs> blink twice if, if there's a gun pointed at your head. Right now. Oh, man. Um, I was saying, did nah, you get I'm a free kidding. Xbox? Oh, man. Nah, nah. <laughs> Got that yellow chair? I'm on, I'm on that Xbox payroll? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, I'm, I'm totally kidding. That game is still not on my dashboard. Uh, but what I did drop was uh, Batman Arkham Knight. What? Oh, You're so no. close, though. Uh, so, okay. So, well, actually, you tell me. So, I beat I beat Scarecrow. Yeah. Um, You know, I did the whole thing where I was, like, tied down to that uh, table or whatever. And he stabbing me with the fear toxin and... Batman was seeing shit, Batman got unmasked and all that stuff, and Jason Todd came and, and freed him, which didn't make any sense to me. Uh, but then after that, it's like, oh, you have to do the uh, 
the alpha protocol or or whatever it's called night, and you night have to, protocol yeah yeah and you have to fucking what is it take down like six of gotham's like most wanted uh-huh. uh mm-hmm. in the city and i and the moment that that was said to me i was like fuck that an uninstalled game <laughs> wow <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so uh, what I'll tell you is that like I that's where I stopped playing the game too. And to me that's beating the game. The the, the nightfall okay. pro- protocol is quote unquote the true ending. But again, that's the, that's what you get for being all the side content. But yeah. To man, me like you don't some have fake to Batman that. fans. Golly. Hey man, I actually got a plat did you get a platinum Arkham Knight? Shit yeah the hell up. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, t- to me, to me, that's like you, you, you be Scarecrow. That's like the comic book ending. That what you get afterwards is basically like the extra pages in the deluxe edition of a comic book. Gotcha. My yeah, because uh, I, I feel like first of all, that game is just like way too fucking long. Like that game, that game was giving me carpal tunnel. <laughs> like I could, like that shit hurt to play eventually. Like at, at like hour thirty five, like I wasn't having fun playing that game anymore. Um, Damn. So, like, I feel like if they shaved off, like, even, like, at least five hours at the most of that story, like, it would have been fine. But, yeah, it got to a point, like, especially, like, like Macho, those uh, big brute ki- uh, kinds of enemies where you have to uh, circle and then you beat down. Mm, uh, yeah. Where Batman's just pressing yeah. square over and over and over again. Like, sure, that was fun in, like, Arkham City, but then, like, hour 30 of doing that, it's just like, god damn, like, my wrist is fucking killing me, man. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Especially the ones that um, have knives at the end of their hands and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, man, and it's yeah. funny because, like, I remember telling you guys, like, hey, I'm actually having a little bit more fun with the combat in this game versus the past two games. Um, like, yeah, it's still button mashy, but there's, like, a little bit more that you have to be wary of in in this game versus the other two and then like yeah that was true for like again like the first like 10 15 hours of the game but you stretch that over for an extra 15 hours and it's just like nah man like i'm just not having fun anymore um so yeah that's batman arkham knight um yeah i i I guess i beat it Uh, who knows um um and what what's nope. truly a shame to me is that like I want to play the Batgirl DLC like I I really wanted to go through that and like for now that's just like on the back burner like I'm just I'm so burnt out with that game uh, especially because like I did a lot of the side content like I put both Two Face and Penguin in jail um, right like I freed Catwoman like I did a lot of the side stuff um, I think I did like all of the like the the bombs and like the watchtowers as well. Uh, but there's still so much that you have to fucking do, man, and it's just like I'm I'm burnt out. So yeah, I hear you. I think um, <clears throat> I know you installed it, but definitely keep it in, I guess, in your backlog list, so to speak, because I think that side content is worth doing, just for the villain cameos alone. Yeah. It's something I plan on doing if if I still get that itch before watching or before playing Gotham Knights and all that. But it's mm-hmm. to me, it's worth doing just seeing like the resolution to those characters. Especially some are like really throwaway. Like uh, I don't, don't want to spoil anything for you, but like some of them do involve like the like the Batmobile and stuff like that. But I think the ones you mentioned before, you said you put Two Face, you you already uh, rescued Catwoman, um, you did Penguin. Penguin. Yeah, I think there's yeah. a couple more too. But if, if I don't know if if there's it, maybe look it up and see if there's something that would appeal to you if you want to go back yeah, to it. Like. And then, like, of course, like, I already met Hush, which was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, that was a cool one, too, yeah. Yeah, but then, yeah, besides that, like, 
like fuck is is the riddler thing like included in the in the protocol thing like do i have to do all the goddamn riddler trophies i take him down i don't remember that actually i don't i don't remember either i just remember doing it because i was like yeah this is the only one i'm i'm actually enjoying doing but i don't know if it was part of nightfall i know i I got the ending yeah i think i did that more for the trophies than the actual ending but i could be wrong yeah yeah so yeah uh yeah that's that's that um let's see the still chipping away at uh hitman 2 uh here and there uh so something weird happened uh in between last podcast and and this one was uh in all the sort of like talks of dragon's dogma i was like you know what like yeah i put that game down for i don't know what reason specifically i think i was just like swamped with other games and it kind of pulled my attention away yeah um i was like you know what let me go back to to dragon's dogma and you know just go back in there and see if i can finish it funnily enough i was literally on the last mission of that game (laughs) before before i walked away like literally (laughs) like i opened my quest log and i have like some you know like little side quest in there but like the main quest literally says the final battle (laughs) i was like what (laughs) why did i not finish this oh that's adorable Um, you didn't want it to end yeah i guess so i guess so <laughs> uh so yeah i mean that's that's what i did over over the week i, I beat uh dragon's dogma and let me tell you guys like this game i think it came out in 2012 but like i, I don't know why maybe i just don't remember how cinematic games were back in 2012 but i was like really taken aback and just like god damn like this game like the production value in this final fight is is like something out of like uncharted like it, it is fucking wild so mm. uh you're basically fighting this uh this huge dragon um who's who's the final boss in the game and it's like a multi it's like he has like goddamn like eight health bars i want to say and it's a multi-stage fight where you're almost like crash bandicoot style like the first phase you're like running away like running down a hallway uh while he's chasing you oh um <laughs> there's another one where, where you have to shoot like uh ballistas at him while he's like soaring in the air um and what is again, this like, game the, dog <laughs> it, it's fucking awesome man it's, it's pretty cool game? the main the main way you you deal damage to him is like you literally have to like climb on his body like shadow the colossus style and uh you have to climb onto his heart and attack the heart specifically but the big problem is is that like he can shake you off he can grab you and fucking throw you onto the ground and things like that um there's another like midway through the fight uh you literally like climb onto his tail and he like soars like into the air and it's like almost like a cut like i don't know if you guys remember that one part in in god of war 2018 where you fight boulder on top of the dragon it literally reminded me of that where like you're slowly like climbing like on this dragon's tail uh while he's like trying to shake you off um and then like he at one moment he does actually like shake you off you're just like soaring like like aimlessly in in the air like it, it's so it's cinematic is like the word that i keep going back to uh it was just really really impressive um but yeah so eventually i did and then, <laughs> the funny thing is that like so eventually yeah I, I the main thing about this battle is that he uh he's a talking dragon and he's like a god or something like that i, I don't really remember but he some somehow some way he like kidnaps your the the person that you romance in the game and he has that person uh like running around his like little chamber being chased around by goblins and he's like oh you have to make a choice like do you want to actually kill me or will you sacrifice your lover's blood to me and join me or something like something along those lines <laughs> and um 
so yeah, basically it, it boils down to do you actually want to fight the dragon or or will you sacrifice your your lover? And the thing is like I don't fucking remember <laughs> romancing this person like whatsoever, <laughs> man. And it's not the person I wanted the romance at all. It's like this like weird like witch girl in the woods. There's there was this cute little night girl that I saved earlier in the game that I thought I romanced because I gave her a gift, but apparently that wasn't good enough. Um, so yeah, after after you beat the dragon, like you you have sex with that with the person that you romance, and I'm like, what? Like I didn't want to romance this person like at all. Oh man. man. <laughs> Yeah, so, you were just watching a sex scene for a girl you had, you knew nothing about. That's wild. Exactly, man. Damn, it's um, not like an episode of How I Met Your Mother. Oh man, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So defeated the dragon. Uh, I thought I saved the world, but literally, like the main city in in the game, like half of it collapses. And I I wanted to bring up this specific mo moment because it reminded me something like out straight out of Dark Souls. It was so fucking cool. Mm. So credits rolled I, I i beat the main campaign and it moves straight into the end game Ooh. and um the end game it reminded me like it, like uh well like picture the battle frontier in pokemon emerald like it's like you you roll oh. credits like you beat the final frontier but there's there's this whole other like meta game that you can do after you beat the main campaign oh i love that so, so the the thing that reminded me of dark souls is that um you go to the main city where like literally half of it just caves into itself and it creates this giant crater in the middle of the city mm -hmm. and um you're and like the whole sky is like darkened there's like uh like from this hole dragons start like flying up like out of the hole and um your main character uh she kind of like uh or she because i I'm, i made her yeah girl. you can be she or he yeah Right, so she walks out onto the edge, and she is, like, looking down through the hole, and you hear uh, sort of, like, a voiceover of, like, the dragon, what he said to you before you actually killed him, mm -hmm. and he says something, it's very vague, but he says something along the lines, like, um, if you look, if you look through it, uh, you'll see, like, the truth staring back at you, or something like that. Ooh, that's and some, that's so, some Eldritch shit. So, so your character, like, looks down the hole, and it's, like, literally, like, uh, after all the dragons like fly out of it, you see like I don't know this bright light. It's very cloudy, very misty. Right, you don't really you can't see the bottom essentially. But your character looks down at it and it zooms like all the way to the bottom. But then it does like this weird thing where it's your character is like looking at herself. Whoa! Like I I don't know how to how to really explain it because like. Yeah, you look down and then it zooms all the way down and then it's like the camera comes out from like the sky and it's back to your character like looking down a hole. So it's almost like your character is like, I don't know, like from the clouds looking down at herself. Like that's the, that's the best way I can explain it. it. It was really, really trippy and really, really cool. Um, anyway, Damn. you can you can actually jump down the hole and like it does like this little mini game where you're like soaring and you have to like grab onto an edge or whatever. Um... And basically, the the whole end game is uh, you have to like it, it. It's almost like the the chalice dungeons, I guess. Oh. Where where you're in this underground sort of like ruin, and uh, you're exploring. You have to collect like twenty of these like specific sh specific shards or something like that, and they're all like locked in these uh, like specific like little dungeons. But you'll find like a a weird sort of never before seen demon at the end of each of these. Uh, dungeons and it's like a mini boss essentially um, and they're like guarding each of these sh shards and I think there's 20 in total and once you collect all 20 of them I, uh, there's like some quest tied to that or whatever um, 
so yeah, that's the end game. But yeah, I <laughs> sort of, sort of like with Batman, I was like, you know what? I, I'm good. I rolled credits. Uh, I, I don't need to see anything else from this game. Um, so yeah, obviously I'm not gonna do all 20 of that. I just, I just did like three just to get like a little flavor of it. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much it. Really, really cool game. Um, again, it's just it's so cool because like this thing came out in like 2012, but like it was doing things like right, like this was before The Witcher. This was around the same time as Skyrim. Like this, this thing was doing a lot of things that like I feel like a lot of games just like weren't doing. Like even mm -hmm. even now, like I don't know, it's a predecessor to a lot of cool things and. I don't know. It, it's it it's gotten like my respect. It's it's a really really cool game. I I think my big hope and the combat is fucking awesome. I really love the combat. I hope for the sequel. My two biggest things is I hope they add a, a combat role because like if you're fighting other enemies, you're kind of fucked because like the only thing you could do is just like raise your shield or like jump to like avoid attacks. Um, mm. But yeah, the the combat is awesome because you can be literally a mage. You can be a ranged fighter um or you know just a good old-fashioned fighting with a sword and a shield um or you can have like dual daggers and then things like that right it's, it's yeah, class like base. A bow. yeah yeah do you think um, they're gonna release I... a remaster of it before the second one comes out i mean that's what that's what dark arisen is <clears throat> yeah dark arisen is it has expansions and is a remaster of the original um yeah it's like the the, the way to play the game essentially. When, when did that come out i think 2017 Oh, okay. That's fairly recent, then. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, really, uh, aside from that, I think my other biggest hope is, in terms of, like, exploration, um, this this came out at a time where, like, it was very much, you know, like, Gears of War or, like, Resistance, that, that kind of color palette where everything is just, like, muddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's very, like, this game as well. Like, the environments are kind of boring. Like, there's, you know, some settlements, like, major settlements you can go to. There's, like, one giant city, which is really cool. But aside from that, like, there's not much variety in where you're going. Like, everything is just kind of looks bland and the same. There's a lot of caverns, <clears throat> uh, things of that nature. So I really hope that with the next game that they really expand upon that and make it, like, you know, add more cities, make it a little bit more colorful, make the places that you're going to mm -hmm. more interesting and, and things like that. Uh, um, they're using the Yari engine, right? Yeah, yeah, for the for two. Okay. That's gonna be that's gonna look amazing. It's gonna yeah, look for phenomenal. sure. Um and then also there's a lot of like kind of tying in tying into exploration. I hope that they add like horses or some kind of way to be able to get from place to place quicker because there's a lot of backtracking in this game and the fast travel is so convoluted in this game almost kind of like like dark souls where it's just kind of like needlessly like you're jumping through all these weird hoops in order to just like like just let me fucking fast travel man. <laughs> but like uh you need you need like a specific like finite item to be able to do that it's kind of like one of those things mm -hmm. um but yeah there's a lot of backtracking and like a lot of times it's like you're running through the same areas and the enemies will respond so you're fighting the same areas if you're wanting to go from one point of the map to the other which is kind of tiresome so i really hope that if they are going to continue with that backtracking like um please introduce horses or something to let me get from place to place faster than, than in this game mm. but really besides that man it was a really fun experience like i said in previous podcasts i think i have like over 50 hours into that game yeah um yeah really fun love the rpg aspects of it um 
the cutscenes were really really well done as well like yeah i don't know all around man just a, just a solid game but uh yeah that's it for me uh this past week uh what about you guys uh to that point i downloaded dragon's dog dark arisen a couple days ago uh yeah actually, i bought it too it's, it's, yeah. waiting, it's waiting for my steam deck <laughs> yeah I, I bought it for xbox actually so i'm playing it on my series s and dude i i agree with everything soul has said i i'm like i'm like three hours in i'm not even like i've just i'm literally in the first settlement that you have to travel to um but the reason is not because i'm like overwhelmed or because there's nothing to do but it's because it's taking me a minute to kind of take everything in um because there's a lot of customization options you know how people like argue about what game has rpg mechanics oh this is barely an rpg or this game uh doesn't have like progression system i think that this game has a lot of ways for you to feel like your own person first of all the character creation there's so many options there's so many different types of, of combination that you can do for your for your character mm -hmm. uh the moves i really like how it functions because you don't it's not a combo system it's a skill system so essentially you assign different moves to each button uh you could have like a, yeah. a, a, a flurry of blade or you could have a very strong attack where you start in one point and like that samurai style where they sh unsheath the sword and then they hit the enemy imagine that but with daggers um like it has a lot of options uh me per the one i chose so was the the strider which is essentially the the dagger wielding and bow wielding uh like long range it's like the most balanced uh class to start with nice which to that point it doesn't really matter what you start with because i think eventually you're you're able to just use whatever well use by the way you, you, want you to. sound you sound very statically staticky oh do i yeah on the stream by the way uh let me uh, pause this yeah, go ahead and, and, and fix that. I'll, I'll I'll say to that point that you can you can change your your vocation like uh, as you go out like mm -hmm. go along through the game. So like if you are not feeling the 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 dual wielding daggers with the bow, then you can switch to okay. Let me try out the mage. Or if I'm not feeling the mage, let me try to uh, a classic sword and shield type of character. Um, so that's that's always nice as well. And I love that because I don't like it when a game. By the way, how do I sound? Let me know if I sound better or not um i like it when a game does give you that option of uh, when you get strong enough you're able to do other things i don't like it when it's like a dark souls situation or an elden ring situation where although you can level up any class you want your base stats will remain the same on that playthrough no matter what if you chose you know vagabond or samurai or whatever the case may be, uh, your base stats will always be the same, and you cannot change that. I like it when a game is like, okay, we get it that maybe you've gotten this far, and you hate this class. Here, you can use magic now. Here, you can be a fighter now, and I like that. I hope that, also to that point of adding stuff on the second one, I hope they have more classes, or more fighting styles, because although I like you know magic, long range, and close range, I would very much love to see something more like elemental, or something more like a fighter, like a monk, 
like you're with uh, fighting with your fists or martial arts or something that'd be super cool um this game is very classic like it feels very classic rpg it really reminds me of the witcher in in the terms of quality because so, to soul's point it doesn't feel like it was made like in the early 2010s it doesn't feel like it, it, i literally started the game and i was like wait a minute and am i playing is this an old game god damn, know, wait they, a minute wait a minute this is some great the voice acting is great the writing is actually good i'm not a writer but i think it's it's i mean i'm a writer but i'm not i haven't written a book like someone here you know like i i really think it's really it's really really old english too man like like it's not it's not like i don't know like the english that i feel or uh the british that we're kind of used to and like yeah but like it is it feels like something out of like shakespeare (laughs) like it's (laughs) fucking weird man yeah that's what that's actually what final Fantasy 14 does or like you have to really respect the writing in that game yeah just because like they're messing with thou and and mm-hmm. shit, and like all these like old terms, and you're just like, wow, like it actually, yeah. I feel stupid just for like or, even listening. It's for like, stuff. it's literally, it's literally like, hear ye, hear ye, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or yonder, yeah, and it's, <laughs> and it's not over, it's or o e r, you know, um, yeah, yeah, but but regardless of that, it really doesn't feel out of place, it doesn't feel satirical, it feels serious, like the stakes are high, like it very much like. And there's a whole system of you having allies, and there's a whole lore to it. Uh, much I'll wait for you to like dive into the game so we can talk more about it because it's really interesting. Uh, and to Soul's point, he talked about the dragon. It makes sense that it's the final boss. It's the whole point of the game because <laughs> uh, you're like this chosen one, and you need to and defeat there, the dragon. And there's other ones that you can meet just like walking around in the fucking wild too, man. Yeah, so. legit. Yeah. And, and I like this is something I really appreciate of this game. It's not open world. It's open zone it's it's not something that you're in an area and in order to cross into a city you have to go through a gate that has a loading screen or and it's not you know it's not like a two minute it's like a couple seconds and then you enter uh but i like the fact because it allows for for the zones and the areas to be more uh filled and more varied and and there, for there to be more things to do in those like <laughs> big mistake I did. So I went back to the city that you start in, the fishing village, and yeah. and you walk in, and to my left, there's like this dude that wasn't there when I first left. And I was like, okay. And I talked to him. He's like shivering on his boots. And I'm like, what's wrong with this dude? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I was hiding when the dragon came to attack. I didn't help. Oh, I feel so bad. I'm sorry. But then when I was hiding in the well, the, I heard some growls. And oh, I think it's really bad. I don't think you should go there. And you have the option to investigate or not. And my st- stupid, stupid butt <laughs> was like, you know what? I'm going to go explore. And I went to explore. <laughs> And it's a whole cavern system underneath the city. It's like there's like a like a, it's through a well. There's the caves and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I'm like stealthy. I'm like being okay, careful. Don't don't attract any attention. If we see anything bad, we're gonna attack it. You know, we're gonna jump on it because I already have like some allies. And I hear one of my my allies, ah, oh, an enemy attack. And I'm like, wait where <laughs> where's the enemy and you just see them dive from a cliff t- to the bottom of like like a like a cavern and i see these fish people or whatever 
And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, sweet. And I jump in and I start doing like a, like a lot of skills that I had unlocked. And the, the health is not going down. And I'm like, wait, is this like a high level area? <laughs> Needless to say, that enemy attacked me once and it one shot me. And I was like, oh. Mm, you got wrecked. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the game told me, brother, buddy, we told you to upgrade your, your skills and equipment. We meant it. And it's so... <laughs> we meant it. <laughs> <laughs> it was so humbling. Please, <laughs> yeah, please <no>. be excited. <laughs> be excited that there's uh, there's actual progression to do here. And it felt like fair because it felt like these things were like out of my league. And I was like, okay. And I didn't, I, it sent, uh, this is where I, I don't like what happened. It sent me back to like a save that was like 20 minutes prior. And I was like, okay, I guess I have to save like every now and then. Like the autosave is very scary. Yeah. It's not, it's like very sporadic. It doesn't have like a constant autosave, which sucks. Uh, but uh, it's not game breaking or, or experience like damping. Uh, dude, I'm I'm so excited to keep playing more. I'm I I haven't felt this much excitement to play an RPG since honestly since like The Witcher, like like a fantasy RPG, like a true fantasy RPG. And it's dark. It's not edgy. Doesn't feel forced. Uh, my the question that went through my mind constantly was, why did I not play this game earlier, like sooner? Why did I not? It went under the radar for a long time. Yeah, it's, it, it's definitely a cult classic. Yeah. It, it uh, dude, more. I'm glad that they announced the the second one. More, definitely, more people are gonna be picking this up, and they did for sure. I mean, I saw Doctor Mo also pick it up. Like, there's a lot of people that are gonna be picking up this game. Yeah, Benji um, even said things like it hit like nearly thirty thousand players on Steam because that's of the crazy. sale and because of the announcement. Yeah. So that's crazy, and and, and I never thought i think this game never went as big as dragons uh dogma online but that one never i, I think that one never came to the west i think that that one only stayed on at japan mm. um and that one was like even more varied than than this one like even more complex and more intricate uh and i wonder how that online experience would translate to like the west uh but yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm really loving it. Aside I guarantee that's gonna be. I guarantee that's probably gonna be a good part of uh, the sec the sequel too, like some form oh, of co-op. Dude, a co-op would be amazing in this yeah. game because this game would so mention that you can, you know, get you have to get on the dragon, or whatever. That's a thing. There's an option called grab in the game. Essentially, you can pick up enemies, like just because if you can or if you're strong enough, you can go on top of monsters and start slashing at them, like Shadow of the Colossus. Like that's a thing you can just do. And it feels so unique for some reason. It feels like you're, it's desperate. And I love it. Because you're like, ah, god dang you. I feel like Drax on on that monster's back in Endgame. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, it was really good. Aside from Dragon's Dogma, I I finally 100%ed Kirby. Uh, I got the <laughs> little... <laughs> I, <laughs> I need to read this for Soul. Soul. So I sent. Hey man, don't don't laugh at Kirby, man. No, no, no. <laughs> it's a good reason why. You <laughs> find out. So 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 the, okay, Kirby Forgotten Land. There's this figure system. It's like essentially like action figures that you get for completing certain objectives, and you can just there's a little uh, like a uh, like a gotcha machine that you can. Uh, put money oh, into no not not Kirby gambling what <laughs> <laughs> it's like a way for you to collect these figures and some of them you can only get through objectives and it's really it's a really cool way of them 
tracking progress. So like there's this tournament that you have to do and it's really difficult. And once you beat it, you get a special figure. It's like, oh, cool. That symbolizes that you completed it. So I like that way of symbolizing completion. However, there's this, there's a completion action figure that I believe it involved beating a certain level, like to its entirety, like a certain a set of levels, 100% those levels. And you get a, a, a Kirby truck. So you get Kirby swallowing a truck, right? The mouthful mode. Mm-hmm. And the description is as follows. So, to save two worlds, Kirby's final mouthful must be his biggest. Oh. It looks like a lot to handle, but he seems oh. totally fine somehow. <laughs> Go, <damn>. Kirby. <laughs> Carry your Elfilings combined hope for the future. Race through the sky and deliver the final blow. So... Yeah, go Kirby. You suck, suck on that truck, man. <laughs> the final what, blow. <laughs> what's insane is that, guys, this game is, first of all, I think this is probably the greatest Kirby game ever made. Second of all, this game has one, some of the craziest like abilities and some of the, the most creative and some of the most badass and, and most satisfying to use. And on the final battle, you're essentially... So you know how in the trailer they, they tease... Oh, there's like a... It's like a, enraptured by nature. It's like a lost, forgotten city and whatever. Tell me more about Mouthful Mode. I want to know more about that. What's that all about? Bro, bro so Mouthful Mode, honestly, it's like... Lore-wise, <laughs> it's like an actual ability that you acquire. Like, it's... A, it's there's certain things that are too big to handle. So, like, Kirby finds other... <laughs> Kirby finds <laughs> other ways to, like use that power to the point where like there's there's characters that are like oh man like that's super useful oh kirby can actually save us with this new final ability that he has and it's like and kirby's just over here sucking everything you know oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> i mean to, i mean to to be honest i'm not i'm not i'm not too surprised man kirby kirby's been doing the, the gawk gawk since the 90s <laughs> dude it's crazy because he there's a uh, he, you can even do the mouthful mode on a there's a, a boss the final boss where in order to like take away like a like a chaos sphere that he has on him it's like a big lump on his back and you have to ask Kirby like wrap your mouth around it and start like like <laughs> moving <laughs> moving from side to side to take it out. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's well, wild. how much you pay for this game? <laughs> 60 bucks baby <laughs> i put a good 25 hours to complete it like it's oh, it's man. actually really really it's really good you start off thinking it's only beasts you end up finding out that there's an alien trying to take over the beasts and you have to fight this big like out of space alien that wants to destroy everything or control everything it's like really kirby um but then you unlock another set of levels and then you unlock another tournament that's like every single hard boss because because <laughs> there's there's so no dino we <laughs> no no because i went what? i went on to twitter and uh there's i just saw this video of this guy who was like lighting like i don't know like a fire, like a firecracker or something uh with his lighter yeah. And uh, he, he ran away with the firecracker instead of his lighter. <laughs> oh no! So it's like literally gonna blow, blow up in his hand. He's gonna blow up his hands on Bart. Golly! Yeah, I'm gonna send it to you guys in the show. Thank you. No, but uh, 
to that point, the, the game has his first set of levels, which is really go over quick over the bosses. You have a gorilla, you have a, a lion, you have an armadillo, you know, you have like just mo- like animals, like big animals. But then the end game has these same animals, but it's like the illusory, illusory like versions. It's like they're like filled with psychic energy and they're like more powerful and they're stronger and they have more. So you get through those and you get to the final boss, which is an enhanced version of the final boss. And then that boss has like two faces. So they keep throwing more and more stuff at you. And it really incentivizes evolving abilities because this is the first time that you can actually like go to like a, a blacksmith or whatever or a power smith and evolve the abilities like for instance the dragon um the dragon the damn fire ability we know kirby has this fire breathing ability right you can evolve that into a magma throwing ability and you start spouting magma what what, what was over your tone there (laughs) why yo sure (laughs) 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 what's going on man (laughs) and then after that you can evolve it into a dragon uh, ability. Essentially, you you get wings, you get dragon fire, you get it longer range, and it becomes like the ultimate form of that ability. Uh, and you get that for every single... Dude, you know how there's a sleeping ability? <laughs> you can upgrade sure. that into deep sleep. Shut up, macho. <laughs> you did it on purpose that time. <laughs> there's an ability called deep sleep, which essentially, Kirby pulls out a, <laughs> a whole bed in the middle of the battlefield and start sleeping. It's hilarious. It's the best, but then when you wake up, you get improved power, improved defenses, and double health. It's like OP. Uh, it's a really good game, man. I got 100%, I completed, I got every single uh, action figure. There was like 200 action figures. Uh, I rolled that gotcha machine a lot of times to get those. Um, I completed every boss. And I got the little title screen saying 100%. So that's my sign of approval that I am done with that game. <laughs> uh, I would definitely replay it. It's super fun. A lot of replay value. It took me about 25 hours to beat. A complete, rather. To beat, it was like 8 hours, 7 hours. Um, yeah, man. It has, a lot, it, it has a lot going for it. I hope they they continue this route of, of 3D Kirby like this. I, I, think, I think we can... Like leave 2d kirby in the past i think 3d is the way to go very much like mario like 2d in the past let's all all go 3d from here on out uh but yeah man kirby and dragon's dogma uh great week for for video games for me i love those two games and i'm having a lot of fun uh now macho talk about the talk about the the cringy teen games yes the quarry uh so The Quarry, man. Uh, it's, it's, there's two cringy teen games. There's The Quarry and then Crisis Core. <laughs> I'll get oh, into God. That. Oh, that was cringy, too? Uh, there's one part, yeah, but it's actually really funny. So, uh, yeah, the past week I've been playing The Quarry and TMNT and a bit of Crisis Core in 14. So I've been kind of bouncing around the beginning of the week and then here to the end of the week here. But The mm. Quarry, I finished actually with my fiance Saturday. Like, literally, I think the day of um, our podcast. And overall, I, I have to say, I think Until Dawn is a better game. Overall, I think Ooh. it's a better story, uh, better characters. But regardless of that fact, uh, Until Dawn is a lot of fun. And uh, not until, um, um, the quarry is a lot of fun. Quarry? Yeah, it's it's actually really good even then. Even though like a lot of the dialogue is 
we we get like what some of these games are trying to be, right? The campy, kind of cringy horror, like teen horror stuff like that. Um, yeah. A little bit, a little of that magic is lost because of the fact that I I didn't know this actually before, when the game came out that this game actually set in modern times. They actually have cell phones and everything, so it's a little harder to believe that these teens are as stupid as they are. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> Maybe it's just my optimism. I'm like, no, these people can't be that stupid. No, they're, they're actually. You like, haven't met. You haven't stupid. met Gen Zers. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> even, <laughs> but even to that point, though, like they, these these. Oh man, they were like incredibly stupid to the point where we're just like, really? And uh, there's a couple like really weird moments in the game where they just have really bad dialogue. Um, to, like even I think like the Until Dawn has better like cringy '80s movies dialogue, and that's set more modern times. And but they're I, older, right? What the characters in, in the story? And in, in, in Until Dawn, and Until Dawn, right? I don't remember, but I think so. They feel more so. mature, if anything. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a better word. They, they're, they're more. They feel more mature in, in, in what happens and everything. I'm not going to spoil anybody, anything either, because in case my fiance listens to the podcast, because we're playing until dawn tonight. But uh, right. But, but regards to the fact, yeah, I think the core is really good. I really like the like the the actual mythical monster that's that's in the in the, eh, the game. No spoil. No, it's not. I won't spoil. I like that it's in there. I like the. Um, the different ways we we're going about it, like we got really far in the game without killing anybody, and Ooh. then all of a sudden, things just start happening. And uh, <laughs> who did get killed? Because that's not a spoiler. You can get anyone killed. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, like, because uh, the thing when you're playing on couch co-op mode, and it's actually a cool thing for people that are wondering about this. The way you play couch co-op mode is that you just actually click on the option that says couch co-op, and then you can shuffle. Um, before the game actually starts, shuffle different characters for player one, player two. So, Ooh. so that's so I literally just just kept pressing that shuffling button until uh, until I you know I just got to a random spot and then we end up switching the controllers back and forth. And one of the characters I had um, was uh, oh god, what's her name? She's a, she's a girl that loves uh, not loves, but she's she has a crush on Nick. In the game. Uh, Abigail. Hey, yeah, Abby. Yeah, I, was, I think it's Kimberly, but it's not. It's, it's Abigail. Yeah. So I was I was playing as, as Kimberly, and you had the option to shoot a gun, and I was holding it up, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm not gonna shoot. I don't think this person's, you know, I don't think they're going that way. Then all of a sudden, Abigail puts down the gun, and <laughs> pulls out the strap, and then the person goes crazy and runs to Abigail, turns into the monster, and rips her head off. I'm just like, ah. <laughs> how you go? How you go? <laughs> And then, and then my fiance looks at me, and she's like, "You got her killed, you bastard! You killed Abigail, you bastard!" Uh, and and I was just so smitten by what just happened, dog, because like she, her her head just gets ripped off, and then she has that cliche horror death scene when someone's head gets, when someone gets decapitated, their mouth is wide open, so you just see her mouth just completely wide open with like the um. Her neck bone just protruding from her, the, like her, the base of her head, and oh, it, it's, it's yeah, it's really gruesome. Like, oh man, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you sick fuck. <laughs> but that was like our first gruesome death of like the entire playthrough, and my uh, and my fiance, she's the one that actually was controlling Brenda's song, and I was like, I was like, you don't kill Caitlin, Brenda, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I was like, you don't, you don't kill Brenda's song, baby. Don't kill Brenda's song. Like, you can't do it. And she almost got there, and then <laughs> I think I inadvertently killed her because she had the option to escape or stay hidden. I was like, you could probably escape. You're really close to the door. And she listened to me. <laughs> and then, the, I kid you not, the monster just darted over towards her and smashed her against the wall like three or four times. And uh, just throws her body and her body's limp. Like, she's dead. Like, you can tell she's obviously dead. But then my fiance is like, maybe she's still alive. Because <laughs> <laughs> she, she was absolutely like, no, nah, this is not happening. Uh, but yeah, but we made it through like the entire like the entire game with uh, almost everybody alive until literally like the last two chapters or so. And there's yeah. only like, one or two times where I was like, all right, that's a really stupid death. Like, I, it gave me one option or the other. And even like, you know um foreshadow that you know something crazy about to happen in the next scene and it yeah. just did it was just really weird it was kind of one of those like default deaths it felt like uh yeah so but other than that like one death in, in the our entire playthrough uh yeah we were pretty we we're pretty i was pretty satisfied by the end of it but yeah and the fact that like really weird technical hiccups the water physics in this game is disgusting <laughs> yeah dude like, i'm watching a playthrough <laughs> of uh super uh super uh what, what do you call it uh jesse cox and, and scary game squad and i saw the scene where they're like splashing water to each other i'm like dude what is that like is that pudding like, yeah what's going on? dude it's disgusting it looks really weird when they're splashing and everything i'm just like that's not water <laughs> that's, <laughs> don't that's lie weird. to me you have great character models you have horrible water physics <laughs> they're super God, massive damn. i would say that right now but yeah um other than that, I think like after you actually beat the game, you get an uh, option for two modes, which is a uh, movie mode essentially, which is you can actually watch like a movie of the quarry, which is actually I think really cool because a lot of people want to opt for that too. And they have uh -huh. two different ways you can watch movie mode, which is all deaths or okay. um, everybody live, everybody lives. So eventually, me and my fans are definitely gonna sit down, pop some popcorn, and just check out you know the all deaths one. See like I think that all deaths actually paints it as where like it gives everybody the most gruesome pet gruesome death possible in the Ooh. game so i want to see what that's all about um i definitely think abigail got got the most gruesome death in our playthrough but so i want to see and a real quick shout out to my mood uh thanks man uh, he's actually in the, in the chat right now hey man appreciate you yes sir yeah we're just talking about the games we've been playing um and yeah so that that was a quarry man i'm excited to replay until dawn with her because i still think that that's a better game but the core is still fun um if you really like my want my honest opinion about it i don't think it's worth 70 dollars. i think you guys yeah. can definitely wait for a sale on this one um but regardless it's, it's a game i play with my fiance so that's that's worth all the money in the world in my in my opinion so um so it's definitely worth playing with her definitely worth playing with somebody for sure uh, i think there's it's actually going to have online co-op eventually I think it already does, though. No, I I know it got delayed because Ooh. of um because of the Ukraine and Russia stuff. Oh, okay, okay. So I'm not sure if it's implemented now or if it's coming in a much later patch. But yeah, I, I think it is coming. So in case anybody's wondering for that. And Macho, to that point of you mentioning couch co-op, I I'm also watching. Uh, have you also seen RDC World, the YouTube channel? Um, no. They there's like seven of them. And they're all playing different characters, like couch co-op. And they did that shuffling where they assigned, like, one of them has, like, two characters because there's, like, more than seven characters. Mm. But it's really cool how up to eight people can play this game on a couch. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because because all the different characters you're playing as is literally just controller swapping, and that's yeah. why I was like, all right, how are they actually gonna do this? And it's really just it's really that simple, just controller swapping. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I think it'd be a good time just to get people in, and it's it's not short enough to like everybody plays on one playthrough sort of thing, but yeah. it's still a lot of fun regardless. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, overall, I think it's a really fun game, and it's. It, I think just like the mythological aspect of it, the actual storyline is actually pretty cool. Some characters are great. Um, yeah, so. overall, overall <laughs> with playing, yeah, overall. Who's, really your fa- who's your favorite character? And don't say Brenda Song because of bias. Oh, it's absolutely Brenda Song. Absolutely. God dang it. No. Kaylin. No, no. It would. <laughs> what the, the my favorite character would have to be. Uh, I keep forgetting their names, man. Um, okay, so there's Jacob. There's Nick. There's Abby. Um, there's Ryan. Uh, just Ryan's describe cool. the Ryan is like has glue in his mouth. Like he like when he talks. Yeah, he he's he's a pretty he's pretty bland. Um, yeah, but and, I, not bland. I guess uh, the word is more like he's like he's really stiff. he's like an introvert. Yeah, yeah, he's really. Stiff. I think I think honestly, my favorite character. Actually, my favorite character is a spoiler, so I'm not even gonna say that. Oh wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Is I'm, is it is it? It's the blonde girl. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's yep, a blonde yep, yep, girl. Yep, yep. Again, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil it for people that haven't played it yet and want to. But yeah, it's yeah. my favorite character. Ends up being it's actually a spoiler in itself, so I won't say. Yeah. My my favorite one. I'm gonna say only one thing. This person has. No one's gonna guess it. Has an eye patch. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah that yep, person yep. is really cool too. I really like that person. Yeah. Yeah. So um. But yes, the quarry was great. Uh, TMNT finished that up, and I'm currently getting the platinum trophy in that. I'm like one one more trophy away from doing it. Um, it's really just leveling up all the characters. The game's a lot of fun. It's uh, I don't think it's as good as River City Girls, but it's Ooh. still it's still a ton of fun. It's like Is that I, a take. It's well, no, because like if for me, it's like um, it's like what's better, Ori, Will of the Wisps, or Hollow Knight. I like Hollow Knight a lot more, but I can see Ori, Will and the Wisp being like a really close. Like favorite, like yeah. Um, it's the same thing with TMNT and, and River City Girls. Like I love River City Girls so much that the music beats it out, beats out TMNT a little bit, and just the replayability mm. part of it. Um, there's a lot more combos involved. River City Girls, TMNT is a lot more simple, but it's really fun to just jump in, get like involved with the whole TMNT universe. It's a really good callback to all the other games too. Like it's it's a really fun game, and the price is right, man. There's a lot of stuff to do here and. Um, you you won't get bored. That's for sure. Nice, okay. nice. And then lastly, fellas. Mm. Oh boy. I got the itch. I got the huh? itch after seeing all the Final Fantasy hype, all the Crisis Core hype. Did that... you get ointment? <laughs> A little bit. Yeah, yeah. I got some. I got okay. some extra lotion. Oh god. <laughs> He's like, oh. oh great heavens. <laughs> oh great heavens. <laughs> but uh, I I got back on the PSP, man, and I'm starting to play Crisis Core again. I'm getting through. All the nostalgia, fellas. First of all, I'll say, I really wish Sony would make another handheld. Like, 100%. Dude, yeah, welcome to PlayStation community. We all want it. (laughs) Well, the thing is, I don't need them to divert their attention to a handheld. Like, they don't need to do that. No, man, the PSP is like... That was revolutionary. And then uh, PS Vita with the OLED and everything, make it a lot better to navigate the store and everything. Ahead of its time. Yeah, yeah, for real. It, it was a wave, man. And the only thing that's that was really making me wish that they would actually work on a, uh, you know, PSP, PSV successor is the fact that PSP is so goddamn small, man. Yeah, <laughs> I Dude, have that's a, why it's really uh, difficult for me to get back to it. 
yeah that I, I had to keep adjusting my my thumb every time because the, the thumbstick is just so weirdly positioned and so small we're but, big man yeah yeah that's that's it just, just big hands uh, <laughs> Yo, <laughs> but in any case, the game is a lot of fun. Um, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's no wonder why this game is just like so uh, cemented in like my favorite video games of all time, so to speak. And even at, mm. I haven't played since high school, so I, I believe, and it's, it still like has has its wraps around me in terms of just the story and the characters, how endearing everything is. When Zach and Aerith meet for the first time, is a really special uh, special scene. And to kind of see a little glimpse of that in the reunion trailer is making me really nostalgic. And just, it may, again, it's another reason why I love these characters so much, why I love Zack. Um, and, and just the gameplay in general, it's just a ton of fun. Uh, I will say, especially for Soul, because he, he expressed some form of interest when after the reunion trailer, that yeah, yeah. It's def, it definitely has like its kinks when it comes to like the way it's played, because it's all... A lot of the uh, side content is mission based, so you're gonna look at the mission soul, and you're gonna be like, "Oh God, no! I'm not doing anything from here." Um, especially since it's pretty much like all oh, jump into a map, beat the enemy, and then jump back out. Um, so it's pretty bare bones. But regardless of the fact, the story is really solid. It is follows Zach Fair, and um, he's basically trying to figure out this whole mystery of the first soldier that disappeared, who is his name is Genesis. And how he's tied to this Project G that's that's involved with Shinra and how Angeal, his mentor, is involved. Um, I would say one thing that Walt would really appreciate from this game, though, yeah. is the fact that... God, this ninja, ninja's whipping my ass. Uh, <laughs> is the fact that uh, Sephiroth is normal, man. You see a different side of Sephiroth that's not conniving, that's not... Uh, Plotting you know, always. Yeah, he's he's not the super evil villain plotting. Like he's he's actually like more of a tragic character in this sense because he he's so fond of Angeal and Genesis who end up going missing missing early on in the game that he's really confused on why like his his friends essentially abandoned him and are not like filling him in on what's going on. Damn. Um, so it's it's he's actually a pretty tragic character and it's actually really cool to see that from uh, Zach's perspective too because he sees everyone sees Sephiroth as like this this glory hero of of, of the days of of Shinra like he's yeah. he's absolutely like the man and he's the one to look up to and Zach's a little frustrated with Sephiroth because he's like you don't always have to be the hero but it's the, it's the thing the thing with Sephiroth he's not choosing to be he's just abnormally strong and get things done as quickly as anyone or better than anyone else don't hate me because i'm because i'm winning pretty much yeah it's like don't hate the player hate the game zach like it's (laughs) it's 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 pretty much like kind of that energy but like it's true and that's what makes i'm flat yeah yeah, but that's what makes sephiroth like such like a tragic character in crisis core um especially when he learns like of his backgrounds and everything that we all know from the original seven you're just like oh man like you're just a victim of 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 what's the product you're you're a victim of the situation itself um, yeah yeah so it's 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 really good stuff and uh, i i also love just the the uh the late 2000s translations here that's going on because mm-hmm. i found a scene uh in the game where uh some girls are fangirling over sephiroth jensen's and and just like being like hey, oh they're yo. so handsome blah 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 I'm, and like this is like the epitome of the sephiroth and even the Final Fantasy fandom, the girl fandom, when they're talking about any Final Fantasy dude. Because I found one girl, <laughs> and I kid you not, this is her exact quote for quote, what she said. 
Um, she said, and her, oh, her, her name's actually Sephiroth fan. So she has something she said before, but the, like the end, like quote, she says, just imagining him stripped to the waist makes me dizzy. And hey, I'm, just like, I'm just like, oh my God, <laughs> they're absolutely just objectifying these men here. What's going on? <laughs> but it's By the just, way, I just want to mic check real quick. Stole you there? <laughs> yeah, I'm just listening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's like not responding. Oh, I think he's just really intent. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> hey, don't take that tone with me. Hey. <laughs> but in any case, yeah. So the, just getting like those like really funny quotes from uh, this like late two thousands era of Square is just hilarious. Um, I love how they fit that in. Basically, like the entire uh, Sephiroth fandom always thirsting over the guy. Like always, uh, they had to include that line there. I thought it was hilarious, but. Overall, it's, a, it's an amazing game. Um, I, I'm about like five, six hours into it right now, so okay. I, I still have about another another ten-ish hours or so to go. Nice. Um, overall, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm really, I'm really, really interested to see how they're going to change up the gameplay in certain scenes because a lot of the scenes in Crisis Core are you have to read, so it's just basically mm. subtitles. So I, I'm wondering how they're going to change it up in in the remake, so to speak, especially when it comes to the gameplay too. Can't wait to play it on my OLED, man. It's going to look beautiful. Yeah, yeah. That, the, the thing is, too, with the remaster slash remake, um, they're actually redoing a lot of the cinematics for the summons. So uh, mm. I noticed that in the trailer when I was playing the game, I was like, wow, they actually changed the the uh, the intro sequence. I think it was for Bahamut or Ifrit. But regardless, they're changing them all. So I'm wondering if they're making it more... Like less time consuming because the one thing about Crisis Core is uh, the gameplay, at least, is that you have this thing called DMW, which is basically your slot machine that um, affects this, the battles every now and then. And Man. it could be from everything from you you not taking any physical damage to you not taking any magic damage to being invincible. Uh, so there's there's quite a bit that the DMW does, but one of the things that it does really frequently is that it stops battle and it has like this. Uh, like this a cinematic of Zack either being healed or doing some dramatic action scene or even the summon being summoned and, and doing its thing. So I wonder if they're going to cut those down or if they're going to make it less frequent because it happens quite a lot in battle. And I can see people being frustrated with that for sure. Mm. But um, but yeah, other than that, it's it's I'm really interested to see like all the, the differences in the remaster such remake and replaying it just... It it's it just feels really good to play. Like it's it's kind of reassuring to be like, oh yeah, this game is still really good, even like fourteen years later, so give or take. So, but yeah, dude, shout out to old games. We're just playing like this is like why the whole notion of man, there's no games this year. No, 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 go to the past. There's a lot of great games buried, uh, you know, beneath the earth that people don't talk about, and maybe you never played. So. For real, man. Well, yeah. you gotta go. You gotta go to other years to find those games. Yes. So, yeah. So I'm saying that that point that point is still technically technically true. But... Right, but there's games. Sure. There's definitely a lot. There's definitely a lot. There's a lot because uh, to your point, so you uh, there was like a, a month or two months where all you were playing was just like games from the past, like exclusively. Yeah. And I think that's something beautiful that we can just revisit games that we never played because no one in this world, I think, has the capacity of of playing every single game that's out. Uh, uh, that doesn't exist. No one here is. If I was a vampire 
Oh, that was that would be my my bucket list to play every single game. No, I would go crazy. Never mind. Continue much. Yeah, no. But to your point, yeah, exactly. Like, and again, to Soul's point too, if like I have the privilege of still having my PSP, so I'm yeah. able to I'm able to go back to it and 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 just. But you can it. emulate that. People can emulate that. It's it's not pretending yeah, like not, people don't. Yeah, you're PCs. not wrong. You're not wrong because my my even my friend that has a Steam Deck, he was saying like, oh yeah, I just download an emulator. I'm just I'm playing it right now. There you go. There's so, a way. Yeah. So in any case, yeah, there's always a way to play these games, even if you don't have the system. But um, it's, it's really nothing like actually playing it on the system. Even if on it's the console. Like, oh, yeah. absolutely, man. Yeah, it's 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 a whole different vibe. There's the UMD going crazy in the background, right? Like the whole <laughs> dis- yeah, the whole dislike going key key and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> how's it go? How's it go? Yeah, stop it. What? Key key. Because like my fiance, we're we're laying in bed, I'm playing, and she's like, "What's that noise?" I'm just like, "It's just the UMD <laughs> disc spinning inside the PSP." It goes key. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, regardless, it's a ton of fun. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Um, definitely gonna finish it for sure. Um, even if it's just a revisit. Uh, yeah. Overall, it, it's a great game. I, I can't wait for the reaction to come out for people to play it, just so that uh, that people can know about Zach Fair and know his story a little more personal than just the original game. Um, oh yeah. I see a lot of people <laughs> saying too that like they're. Uh, no, 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 I'm not gonna say that. I'm just gonna say that if you get, you get if you're getting Crisis Core on your console choice, mm-hmm. you also have the original to play there as well, which ties ah. in, which ties in beautifully with the actual game itself. So I highly That's recommend true. it. I highly recommend. Yeah, it's, unless you only have a Switch, you can only play the original, and you cannot look forward to the remake. Not that, not only the Switch, but yeah, <laughs> regardless. Well, you're right. You're right. But You're regardless, right. yeah, because again, I was one of those people that played Crisis Core first. That was my introduction to the entire series, and then I played Seven, um, and it was just it, it it put things in a much better perspective uh, than you know if, if I probably played played it just the original by itself. Like it, right. it was it was it made me very humble to, to like know like who Zach and Aerith were and where they were coming from and to sort of have those backgrounds for them. Uh, before going to the to the actual original game, and mm. uh, yeah, Raw just made the experience a lot more richer. So, then are you saying that before pe- people play Kingdom Hearts Four, they should play the others? Yes, oh, absolutely, damn. absolutely, Godly. absolutely. <laughs> you, listen, tough. if you want to get into Kingdom Hearts, you know what you're signing up for. That's all I gotta say. All right, that's all I gotta say. But yeah, other than that, yeah, that's all I've been playing. Um, a little bit of fourteen too, but. Um, I have more on that probably like next week when I get a little more into it, but right. All right, nice man. Sounds good. Um, all right, so let's jump into uh, some of these topics, man. Uh, we can start off with uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, so over the past week, we had uh, some some people investing. I don't know. I don't know why people <laughs> like did they just like wait around on LinkedIn all day to spot these things. It's so weird. Um, yeah. But, we found people or people spotted on a recent job listing that uh soccer punch has been hiring looking for uh i think like uh comet designers and and people for uh open world design as well um but yeah a lot of people are basically saying that this is definitely pointing to ghost of tsushima too there's more more things specifically that ties into or or is making people think that it's ghost of tsushima because i think specifically it said something along the lines of open world stealth um and of course yeah that closely resembles ghosts so um yeah i mean i feel like this was pretty much inevitable with how successful that first game was 
Uh, so I wanted to ask you guys, what are you guys hoping to see from a Tsushima sequel? Uh, is there anything specifically that you want improved upon or that wasn't in the first game that you would like to see in the second game? Uh, what are you guys thinking? Uh, yes, less of that Ubisoft stench that we had discussed like a while ago. Uh, I don't like the fact that there's a bit too much to do side, side content-wise. I think that they could have cut down a lot of the fluff. Um, I th this was my own fault, but I didn't. I haven't finished Tsushima uh, because I completed a hundred percent the first island, and that burned me out. Um, so I think that for a sequel, they should really just be more focused on its strengths, which is very much the combat and the story and the stealth and all that. Uh, and if you're gonna do side content, by all means, don't make it too, too absurdly like, you know, uh, like filled to the brim with just collectibles and stuff like that. I don't know. I feel like that's that was my biggest takeaway from playing the game that there was just a bit too much. And there were moments where, so I think you mentioned it once that sometimes it does have that like Ubisoft stench of open worldness. Um, but yeah, man, that that that'd be my thing. What about you, Macho? Uh, yeah. I mean, I could I could use less haikus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> I could use less haikus in that game. Um, I don't know, man. Because again, I I don't want to like. Imp it's weird to say, but I don't like want to impose like my gamer uh, impatience over you know their vision and and what they want to do, especially since. I know that game's really respected in in you know Japanese culture and stuff like that or <clears throat> Japanese media. Yeah, so, for sure. So I, I so I don't want to be like as an American be like, yeah, I want less of this stuff because it was boring. Like I like it's it's up to them what they want to do and I think if you know depending on what they want to go with. But overall, I think if I were to actually like have some wants towards it, I would like uh, that combat to be extended a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think the first game was it was really good, but maybe they add like a couple more stuff to it, especially for the stealth section that ended up doing more sword fights than anything, because it was just mm -hmm. more effective for me. Um, I didn't really feel inclined to do a lot of the stealth stuff in that game, um, mm. yeah, but maybe they could expand on that a little more since. I guess maybe depending on what they do for that for that ending, right? Yeah. Depending on what they do for an ending, I'm not really sure. But if they are going to have Jin go more of the ghost route rather than the samurai route, and instead of being conflicted, like this is like his actual choice, then yeah, hmm. we need to absolutely up the like the stealth mechanics or the stealth gameplay in that game for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I don't know. It's tricky because like I I actually did use a fair bit about of the stealth because I'm that's just typically how I play like a lot of games. Like I typically like to go. Uh, if if I'm given the option to, I will, you know, same thing with like Dishonored, even though that's a far superior stealth game. But like in that game, like I'm more inclined or just stealth. If you give me the option, I will go the stealthy way. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, but like even with this game, it it felt like with its stealth, kind of like similar to Spider-Man, where it's just like so bare bones and just like generic, where it has like. You know, all the usual things, right, where it has the things where you can throw a rock or, or uh, I think, like a chime, you know, to make a sound to attract someone over there. It has the classic, you know, walking through tall grass, um, you know, and, and stabbing them and, and things like that. Um, I don't know. Like, it, 
it's weird because like yeah it was serviceable but like at the same time it's just like it has like you could literally go down a list and check mark like all the things that are like all in in all other action adventure games and be like yep it has that it has mm-hmm. that it has that so like i i don't know it's one of those things where like i don't know what i want <laughs> with their with their stealth in the next game but like i just like i'm not i'm not even asking for it to be like hitman or levels of that but like i just wanted to feel like impactful stealth like more player agency more creativity i guess is what i'm asking for um yeah i i don't expect it to be like dishonored 2 but like man i really want to i don't want it to be mindless where it's just like okay i'm just going through the motions with the stealth again like i want it to like every encounter i want it to be like like almost like a puzzle like ooh, like how am i gonna figure my way out of this you know yeah um I, I don't know. Like I, I just feel like those options weren't really like there in the first game. So if they could really expand upon that in the next one, I think would be pretty cool. I think that a game, you know, the Japanese setting, a certain period in Japanese uh, history, because uh, I, I think that for stealth, you work a lot with architecture. You work a lot with level design, and I think that a way that they can flesh it out because I don't think there's any levels in Ghost of Tsushima where it's like a massive indoor uh, like palace, essentially. Uh, I think Sekiro did that well where for you to infiltrate like the manor or the palace that you have to, you know, climb to find your master, your your lord. Um, there's like hidden doors there's hidden uh like rooms you can stealth kill a lot of the guards that are around the the palace i think that sushima should very much have more indoor areas go unity on it how unity had massive palaces where you had to stealth your way through i think sushima could do that to amplify more of the stealth because I think stealth outside, that's all fine and dandy, but there's only so much you can do when stealthing outside. There's only so much grass you can blend into. Like, that gets a bit monotonous after a while. I feel like indoors, you can play around with, oh, like Among Us, go into a hatchet, and then go through this tunnel system onto the other side of the of the palace. I don't know. I think you can play a lot with that. Um, more traps, more... I don't know, disguises maybe? To your point, so you said Hitman, but maybe you don't have to put on someone else's uniform. Maybe you just find a guard kimono that assembles, that assembles like the family that the guards are protecting, and you have to infiltrate and kill the Lord there, and then you have to get out. I don't know, like, there's a lot of things that they could do um, See, to amplify like, the stealth. Hitman, I shouldn't have brought that up, because, like, I feel like the disguise it works for hitman because like that game is inherently just goofy i mean you're, you're throwing coconuts and bananas and soda cans at <laughs> but i'm not saying everything has to be like a disguise like certain sure. parts can involve a, some kind of disguise but not necessarily that's the premise of it like essentially you're still killing guards you I know just, you're... i just don't think that would fit in in this game because this is you know super hardcore realistic you know feudal japan game so like to see like Jin, in order for that to work like it has to be like hitman where it like a snap of a snap of a finger you can bam like switch into another outfit and like i don't know that's sort of like goofy uh, okay. i don't think works for for tsushima i see what um, you mean but i think but yeah, i think it's I, more just lending itself to like um 
like you said before, different stealth options. So instead of your only stealth option being, okay, there's different ways to sneak around into the camp, right? There's now different tools to use to um, to even uh, manipulate enemies. Because we had a couple of stuff like that in Ghost of Shima with the bell chime and stuff like that. But yeah. <clears throat> there's very few and far between where I actually use that kind of stuff because a lot of the enemy camps would be so crowded and, and, and I didn't really find like ways to actually use a lot of the stealth mechanics um, effectively. Yeah. So I think it's more of just smart um, smart stealth maps in this open world area, which is probably why they're looking for more stealth open world, uh, like I guess, not enthusiasts, but developers really, to see how they can mess around with their different ideas that can bounce off of each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I hope. Um, really aside from that, I mean, I mean, you guys already touched on the open world stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, a I multiplayer see. mode. I like a dedicated multiplayer, like Legends mode. That oh, that's cool. gonna happen. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah, happen. I see that for sure. Um, oh, there was something I was gonna say. I forgot. Um, but yeah, I mean, also, I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree with the the, the soft stuff. Like I, because yeah. that was my major p problem with like Infamous Second Son was just like how like like sure it was fun and like the reason why I. 100% in that game. First of all, because it was super easy to do it, but also just like mm -hmm. the traversal to go from point A to point B made that stuff really, really fun. But like that game was super formulaic and checklisty. And Tsushima, like the the open world activities in that game are a little bit more interesting. Like I like the bamboo strikes. I thought the haikus were pretty interesting within themselves. But then it's, again, it's like you have okay, there's the classic bandit camps. Okay, there's the towers, right? Um, I thought the shrines were cool because they were like little, uh, like they felt like the classic Assassin's Creed 2 sort of like tombs a little bit, not too much, but a little bit in the sense that like, hey, there's a little bit more involvement parkour um, in this. Uh, to actually yeah, I love those actually. Those are really yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, so like, I don't know. There has to be a middle ground there because like I, I don't want it to be as checklisty or formulaic because like it does get monotonous where there's like, okay, there's, you know, 15 of the bamboo strikes, even though I like doing them, but you know, there's 15 of them. You go out and do all of them. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you find the middle ground there. Uh, I think, I think you make stuff. it, you don't make it a checklist. You make it a, uh, a mini game in a main mission. For instance, if you're doing like whenever you have a main mission, put a bamboo thing next to it. If you're ready, you'll do it there. If you're not, then you, you can leave it for later. I don't know. If I feel like a middle ground is the way that it's accessed, if that makes any sense. So if there's a collectible that you can only get in, I don't know, by praying to a certain uh, like shrine, then make sure that every main mission has two shrines like that. And you can just, and they're like on the way there. I don't know. There's ways of doing it. It's, it's very much comes down to the way that it's implemented on your way through the main mission, if that makes any sense. Like, don't make it something off to the side unless that area is, I'm compelled to explore it. Like Red Dead. Red Dead Redemption didn't necessarily have, like, a necessity for you to find collectibles. But there was fun little Easter eggs that you can only access through exploration. And they were worth it. But you didn't feel like, oh, there's a checklist. It felt it felt seamless in the world, if that makes any sense. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, veremos, amigo. Veremos. Ay, Luli. We will. We'll yeah, I mean, see, I mean, the uh, one. The, hold on, real quick. Um, 
sorry, my, my mic was off. I didn't realize it was off. Damn. Um, but no, I want to, what you're saying, well, about the side content being like, it feels like an event and stuff like that. The one yeah. piece of side content I actually did that continuously in the first game was those uh, mythical duels. Oh, dude, same. Like oh, yeah. those, those were incredible. Like those were events. And I don't know if that's going to continue into the second game. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it probably can because it was like more region based and, and, and culture based and stuff like that. So they mm-hmm. probably can. Um, but I, I will love more of those. Like those, that, that was actually my favorite part of the entire game, just going to any sort of random uh, area that was obviously closed off to, to the public or so to speak. And you just are involved in like this beautiful waterfall or these twilight caves that were just sparkling and you have a an opponent at the end of the, at the end of the whole dungeon being like i've been waiting for you why are you mm. here like all that kind of like I, I would love more of that stuff man like that was the stuff that was like really like like that got my juices flowing you know what i'm saying hey so, yo by yeah, the way this stuff qu- question for you both because it's like a design question do you so there's two types of approaches that i'm going to explain do you prefer the Horizon Forbidden West approach where it's you find these underwater systems and you see that there's something that you need to do, but then it tells you you don't have the right equipment for this. And it tells you, okay, so later on I'm going to be able to access this. Or do you prefer the, I got this equipment, oh, new areas opened up, now I can use this. Do you prefer the, I look, there's something you can use here, but you don't have it? Or the, you have this item, there's well, new areas you can explore. Lot, by the way, you got a lot of static going on. Really? Oh my yeah. god. Give me a sec. Did y'all hear what I said though? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I, I will take a I'll take a like a, a scoop of both really. Okay. Because because it gives, you get like the all around kind of um, gameplay uh, aspects of it. Because like if it's if you don't get that kind of stuff, then you're stuck with Elden Ring where you're missing out a lot of stuff, and mm. you just don't know that, that it's even there. Um, you could be fascinated the fact that, that it's not there, and you go find it. Um, but, but but to that yeah. point, like the game telling you. For instance, you found a, 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 a grapple hook, and, not, and the game literally tells you, oh, uh, there's new areas to explore. You should check it out. And there's like a question mark down in the map. Like it doesn't like explicitly tell you what it is, but it tells you you can go there, and it just so happens that it's something you can explore with your grappling hook. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole Metroidvania aspect of it, which I loved, you know, especially with Horizon Forbidden West, where like it said before, like you, the, you can't access, you need like a certain tool to, to get to this area. I was like, okay, yeah. dope. I'll come back to it then. And some people just didn't like that. The people were like, no, it's open world. I should be able to explore everything. I'm like, okay. But, hmm. you know, I mean, the entire point of open world is for you to unlock it, not to just, I don't know. It, I guess different open world philosophies. But case in point, I, I'll take a scoop of both of them. Give me stuff to discover, but also if there's like certain checkpoints as well that I get from unlocking stuff, then I'll take that too. Okay. And like, I, I, I hope because I feel like you would think Sucker Punch is cognizant to, like, these complaints, just like Insomniac is with the complaints about Spider-Man and, and, and their open world and, you know, the backpacks and the pigeons and, and things like that. You would you would hope that they've been hearing that and that they wouldn't continue that in the next game. Same thing with Sucker Punch. Um, I really feel like Horizon, like, yeah, it has definitely, like, a, a bit of both of, like, the Ubisoft stuff and, like... I think the real like gold standard is how Horizon handles its um, the tall necks, for instance. Like you, like each tall neck feels different from the last in, in the way that you access them or you know get to the top. 
and that's that's genuinely like interesting you know it's it doesn't yeah. feel the same from from one to the other and i hope that like i don't know like if you are going to tread down this ubisoft sort of path with your open world activities that like you differentiate them just enough to to make them you know that you don't approach them the same way like the last five or something like that um right you know that's sort of the big issue with like all these kinds of things so like the cauldrons like the cauldrons i feel like the what's so different is the end boss but the general level feels pretty much the same Mm. i don't know Um, how many how many of you played so far oh yeah that's that's what i was that's what i was like (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I haven't played many of these. I'm playing. I'm. I'm talking more on like Zero Dawn. But if they're like very mm, different here, then mm, think, okay. Now you're talking about Zero God. Dawn. Okay, we're talking about Forbidden West, but okay. Shut the hell up. Play your TMNT. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. I struggle with that with that question because it's like I I won't know until they show me. I feel like, but yeah. But at the very least, yeah, I definitely need to see some improvements to the stealth. I I, I love the combat in the first game. I also love the the tales, which were I think. They, those were considered side quests. Yeah, um, yeah they were. Yeah, yeah, but like with with Ishikawa and and Masako, like those tales were really really cool. I love those. They continue yeah. those. Um, yeah, but besides that, I don't know. Again, it's one of those things where I I won't know until they show me. So definitely uh, no end of peace. Yeah, regardless, uh, it was a solid foundation. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do in in the sequel for sure. Does this mean that we're um, never getting an infamous game? Ever, I hey, man. never say never. Rumblings, man. There's been rumblings, both Sly and Infamous. I I totally don't expect Sucker Punch. I think Sucker Punch is solely focused on Ghost for the foreseeable future. Um, and also keep in mind, like they're one of the smaller teams in PlayStation Studios. So like, I definitely don't think they're going to be like a Gorilla or a Naughty Dog or a Santa Monica where or <laughs> Insomniac where they're going to be working on multiple projects. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, there's been a lot of rumors that both Infamous and Sly are being worked on by other studios that aren't Sucker Punch, so. Um, also, I wouldn't say never, so. so Good. Hold yeah. out hope, man. Hold out hope. That's what I like to hear. So I like to hear. Yeah, man. Yeah. Which, which is funny because, like, I, I've, like, I, <laughs> I mean, you guys know me, like, I've been championing, like, for another Sly for a really long time, but, like, I've, I've just been coming around the, the idea about the Infamous. Like, I, I've recently, I've been like, you know what? Fuck yeah, I would be down for another infamous. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, man. I know, I know, I know, I know. You're just absolutely tingling with excitement when you saw that uh, that lightning bolt in the Spider-Man Two trailer. Oh all my were. god, bro. We all were. I literally, I literally, I'm not gonna lie. I literally jumped up at, like out of my seat. Like I and even, <laughs> like how I did with like, Crisis Core. My reaction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like. And it's funny because like I was watching, uh, I remember watching kind of funny. Yeah, uh, I was gonna yeah. say. Yeah, Greg, Greg yelled out infamous. He even grabbed his his PS3 copy of infamous and was like, he was like, wait. <laughs> and then the disappointment. <laughs> but it was Spider Man. I mean, that's still pretty hype. No, it was yeah, a good trailer. Yeah, it was a good trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm still holding out hope, man. Um, but yeah, man, that's uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, yeah. The sequel. Uh, let us move on to From before we end with Final Fantasy 16. It sounds like you just spoke gibberish. Let's move to From. Golly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, essentially, uh, we, we also had a Plague's Tale if you want to do that one, too. I, uh, I mean, you guys will need to take the reins on that because I'm on media blackout with that game. Like, I don't need to see anything else. So, if gotcha. you guys have anything you want to say about it, feel free to. Gotcha. 
Um, I mean, well, the biggest thing from from that was that it was it got a release date. Um, the thing is, I, I was kind of hoping you guys would take the reins on that one because <laughs> you guys are more excited than than, than I am. I, I mean, I I don't really plan on playing the game, so I guess well, if you want to, why get not? I, it's the rats thing, dog. It's it's what? it's you the rats boy? thing. It's it's creepy and grimy and gross, and you hear the pitter patters of the, the little feetsies of these rats. I'm good, man. I'm good. It's amazing. Uh, no, it's not. Um, it's 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 like it's like if you told me, hey Hector, why don't you just uh why don't you just play this uh this, this snake game? Like it's 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 all you people getting swarmed by snakes in the game. Absolutely fucking not. I, I would I would not touch out a ten foot pole, man. I, I agree. I agree with snakes. Yeah, I would I wouldn't do that. Yeah, hearing the oh, slithering man. and the, and then the, the like, I'm good, man. I'm good. That sounds amazing. Uh, here's the thing, man. Like, not in real life. In real life, hell no. Get me away from those. But in video games, dude, make me experience shit that I'm never gonna do in life. Like, make me feel like I'm being surrounded by roaches and they're like crawling on my face. Like that'd be insane. That'd be crazy, man. You you love Fear Factor, don't you? You you love when you're a kid. <laughs> no, the show sucks ass, but I think that the games <laughs> game experiences are fucking amazing when they do when they do horror like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean for the game, I I'm also avoiding footage on it. Uh, but I saw the cinematic and I saw like the the first trailer they did, like the compilation trailer. Uh, game looks beautiful. Um, I'm glad that it's a few years in the future. I think. Um, yeah, man, yeah. I'm excited. Looks Are you guys great. getting that collector's edition that's going with the game? I think it comes with like a statue and stuff like that. Depending on how the economy looks from here and there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that, man. <laughs> but yeah, man, like, I, oh, oh, fuck. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so, uh, oh, see, see, that's that's fucking cool, man. We're like, like I, I was just doing like a random side quest with this character, like uh, like escorting her. So like I was following this track with her, and like literally just stumbled upon a thunder jaw just like randomly out of nowhere. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I love greatness. That. Um, but um, yeah, oh god, what was I gonna say? Uh, like I was literally like like sold on that game, like literally the first trailer. So like yeah, it's one of those things where like. I forgot what, probably like Spider-Man, where it, it just got to a point where like we kept seeing trailers for it, and mm -hmm. I'm just like, I'm like, all right, like, <laughs> like I was sold on this like two years ago, like I don't, I don't need to see any anything else from it. So yeah. I'm basically at the, at the same point with this game. Like I'm I, playing it day one. I'm I'm good. I don't yeah. know if this makes sense, but there's games, and this one falls into that, uh, where the where I play it, and I have this sensation in me where it says, the sequel can only be better. Like, the sequel can only improve. I play sometimes games that feel like that. And I feel like uh, A Plague Tale didn't feel, like, dated or didn't feel like, you know, little uh, like just a little bit of, an, of ambition in there. I It felt like the game had more to offer in a sequel. And I feel like it was really obvious to the point where I didn't, I didn't even need a trailer. Just with the, with the cover of Amicia looking older with Hugo on the side. I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm buying that. Like, I don't even need to look at a trailer. Like, I'm buying that. Like, I love the story. I love the characters. I love the environments. It's so... And it's one of those games where there's nothing like it. There's no, like, swarm, like, bug system. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I noticed why the static is happening. I'm playing Fall Guys. Whenever it loads, it's statics. Like, there's a static. Oh, stop playing Fall Guys, you punk. Nah, it's so fun. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um... But yeah, man. So that is uh, Plague Tale. 
Uh, very excited for that. So yeah, let's go on to to From Software. Uh, they came out uh, a few days, uh, basically with a kind of like a tweet saying that they are hiring for uh, several projects. Um, and we got a little bit more information on this, so uh, bear with me. Uh, so this was actually with a um, a sit down interview with uh, Miyazaki, of course, at fourgamer.net. Uh, and sort of the major bullet points from this is that there is a unannounced project that From is working on currently that is in the final stages of development. Um, Ooh, baby. Which is, yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, let's see, let's see. Um, and then aside from that, uh, Miyazaki intends to continue to focus on directing games and is already working on his next game. So at this point, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this. Do you think... Uh, is it because I don't know I don't know if it's possible like so this next project that is currently in the final stages of development mm-hmm. do you think he also directed that one or is it a sort of like Dark Souls 2 Bloodborne situation where he kind of like skipped Dark Souls 2 and directed Bloodborne so like what I'm saying is like did someone else direct this current project that's in the final stages of development while he's directing the, their next big project how do you how do you guys feel about this I have a f- <laughs> <laughs> or, or is he or is he directing Elden Ring, this project that's in the final stages of development, and their next project? Is he directing yeah. all three? I'm going to put on the tinfoil hat right now. Oh, boy. There's someone else directing the project that is, is coming out, but it's Bloodborne Remastered. Oh, man. Oh, that's man. and well, you sound like you're you're in a, a fucking tank right now. Like you, you just went to the quarry, you jump into the, you sound like you just jumped to the, jumped to a water tank with a shark, and you're. I you're... literally changed mics, and I'm like, like washing my hands. <laughs> oh God. Okay. All right. Well, since Wall is doing that, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's a Bloodborne remaster because it's to me it'd be, to, that makes sense, for the fact that uh, if if. Miyazaki was directing Elden Ring and this other new project they're doing that's not in the final works, right? That's still being worked on. Uh, to me, it will make sense if he would be like the producer of this said project that's in his final works and someone else a director. And it could be something new, but my inklings tell me that it's a Bloodborne remaster that uh, someone's taking someone's taking over. So I hope so, man. That that'll be that'll be my clue on it. But and and that's coming from a little bit of like. A little bit, like knowing a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of the development <laughs> background for a Final Fantasy 16, Final Fantasy 14, right? Where Yoshida is the uh, director and producer of 14, but he's the producer of 16, which is why he's able to get he's so, to get somewhat stuff done. He was saying before how like he was able, to, he's still able to work on 14 as much as he is able to, even though he's working on 16 because of of scheduling and um, basically what the producer does is make sure everyone else is following a schedule and still keeping the vision of what they had in mind. And that makes sense for Miyazaki, where he has a vision, right? He, he could help with this remaster and uh, still work on whatever he's working on that's not not Elden Ring, but the new project or whatever. So that's, that's my take on it, but I don't know. So what do you think? Um... Like I, I know, I know the man is is Miyazaki. You know, I know, I know he's a god, but like, good lord, like, I, I just don't know, like, how, for him to be able to direct, Elden Ring, 
this current project that is in its final stages of development and then already directing you know working on the next big thing like i don't know how that's possible man <laughs> like i i just i just don't know so macho your point about it being a bloodborne remaster makes I, I know we've been beating or everyone's been beating this drum since 2015 but like yep. I, it just it just makes the most sense to me that that would be something that they're working in collaboration with you know a blue point or something um yeah because like again like and I, and I know from works really really fast but like to have a project like already like almost being in development in parallel with Elden Ring and have that like already be close to to being done is just like I don't know, like, just it being a remaster makes the most sense to me, is, is what I guess I'm trying to say. Because I, I would be absolutely floored if they were working on, you know, like, a, a new IP in parallel with Elden Ring and that to be coming out within, like, next year or something like that. You know, that that would blow my mind. Like, how, like how, how is their workflow just, like, are they crunching their devs, like, that hard? But, like, how is their workflow just, like... It's almost like insomniac, like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like they are like the insomniac of Japan. Like their workflow just far eclipses like other studios. Like it's it's insane, man. Like even going back to like to like Dark Souls and Dark Souls Two and and Bloodborne and then Dark Souls Three coming out the next year, right? And then like um, Derecide was in between that and and um, and Sekiro. Like I don't know. Like their workflow is pretty damn fast. Yeah, one hundred percent. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the uh, the Final Seven remake stuff too, where they said that part two was coming out at the end of next year, beginning of twenty twenty four, and I go, like, oh, yeah, we work on part three. Like what? <laughs> really? Like that's yeah. pretty quick, man. Um, yeah. But sure. again, it speaks to kind of like their dedication, like their overall work ethic. Uh, you could definitely see that in a lot of Japanese games, man. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that it's the same with From Software. And they're pretty much like a, a darling of, of the industry worldwide now at this point. So it, it, it only only really serves Bandai Namco to give them all the resources they need to pump out games as fast as they want to um, while giving it the intention they deserve. So we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens, though. They, they really need to take advantage more of that Bloodborne IP, though. It, it can't just be relegated just to the original game and a comic book like they really need to like go forth on that like playstation and and, and bandai and, and from need to really type on that it does uh does bandai have anything to do with billboard i thought it was just sony it's probably just sony then yeah i think you're right right it's just sony japan or what was yeah. sony japan and and playstation yeah so in yeah. any case, yeah. Either way, something needs to be done, man. We need that anime. We need more than just a graphic novel and comic books, man. God, I go, I go to sleep at night thinking about a castle, a Bloodborne, yes, uh, Castlevania style anime, dude. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, really, like aside from that, they also talked about you know their working conditions because there has been you know some stuff that has come out uh, about you know their working conditions maybe not being the best, especially their pay. Not being the best, uh, right. they also talk about that they're improving that, which is is, is good to hear for sure. Um, but really, aside from that, uh, Miyazaki also talked about that he is kind of like thinking about more, like in the future, he wants to work on more abstract fantasy, which who knows what that will even look like? Because I feel like even like think about Bloodborne, like that was pretty. I mean, just in general, like Dark Souls and and Bloodborne and 
Elden Ring feels pretty abstract. By I think Solar Ash feels very abstract. I mean, it's not Miyazaki, but I feel like that's the kind of fantasy that's like, or, or sci-fi even. Because uh, uh, do y'all remember the? It was like a ballerina game, um, something bound, uh, and essentially the gameplay involved you dancing like you were doing like ballet. Do y'all remember that game? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember yeah. actually. But then, so I feel like abstract is like to that point. It very much has to do with like psychological kind of like a fantasy or very much something that like eldritch uh, maybe he just says abstract and he just meets eldritch fantasy um where it's like not even like not even comprehensible to the human mind um that'd be cool hey man just please give me 60 fps blood <laughs> please please yeah I mean, when, he, when he says abstract fantasy i don't even know what to think man um i mean what, what i immediately go to go to in my head is is like the uh the cultural mythologies, so like ancient Egypt, um, um, Greek mythology, like all that kind of stuff. That that's that's what I think of, especially since Elden Ring tailored more into the Irish mythology, mm. which is really cool to see. So like, yeah, I think it's to be honest, it's, there's a lot more there than just dark fantasy stuff, and a lot of that can do with um, what's it called with uh, Greek mythology. There's there's a lot that can be explored there. There's so many depictions about Zeus and and all these different heroes and Hercules and. Oh, Seth, I'd love to see that kind of with the Miyazaki flair and with that. That would be really cool. Yeah, I would definitely love stuff like that. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I guess that's pretty much it from, uh, you know, that, that conversation. Um, yeah, not too much to really glean from it, but... You can do that mashing. <laughs> Someone's going ham right now with that mashing. Yes, sir. I'm trying to... Oh, okay. I, I think I know what I need to do here. I remember. I need to destroy this barrel. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, so, Masha, you want to take it away for the for the fantasy sixteen stuff? Yeah. Yes. All, all all that I really saw was that the the people are gonna sound British. <laughs> so that's all I saw. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess what I'm gonna do is I got I got a bunch of notes here from the interviews. Oh goddamn. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's because there's a lot of interviews, man. Like they're basically it was, it was a media wide uh, kind of thing. Um, IGN had their own stuff. Uh, I think Eurogamer had their own stuff too. Like a bunch of different outlets got like a really uh, like good exclusive interviews and had a really uh, a lot to say. So um, what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna go through the notes here and feel free to jump in on what you guys think or where the case may be because there's quite a bit. Um, but in that case, let me open it up and then we'll be good to go. Well, are you good on your mic by the way? You don't sound like you're underwater or you're not playing Fall Guys anymore, so you don't sound staticky. Shit the hell up. Nope, you still sound like shit. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, one of the first notes we have here is that the main protagonist, Clive, um, we saw this in the trailer too, where he was like switching between different icon abilities. They basically just confirmed that, where he's going to have like these icon abilities are going to be from the traditional Final Fantasy summons. So we saw before, where, like, he had kind of like a wing attack. We could see that's like a Garuda power. He had like a smash down attack. We assume that's like from Titan or something like that. Um, but, uh, but the coolest thing about this though, fellas, it's like, it's a lot like, um, combo mixing. So why they think when I was reading this, I think with Bayonetta 2, where you're able to switch between your different weapons as you're doing combos. Clive can do the exact same thing, but with these summon powers, which is really freaking cool. So you can go for something like an Efrit attack to a Titan smash down to a Garuda sweep or something like that. And, uh, that just 
gets me jazzed just thinking about that, man. Like, as a Final Fantasy fan, I'm like, that's so freaking cool. And then for, like, people who just want to play action games, they're just like, yeah, this looks really cool. So, um, but yeah, so that's in the works there. Um, we saw in the trailer, too, how there's going to be, like, real-time icon fights uh, and that each one is going to be different. Uh, so it's one. It's not a lot like we we're talking about with Horizons for Horizons Forbidden West Cauldrons, where everyone, every one of those feels like unique and different to the experience. The icon fights are going to be just the same. So one's going to be reminiscent of like a 3D shooter, and it's going to feel like a pro wrestling match. Um, and the others, they said it's going to feel it's going to transform the entire area completely. So it's we're going to get like a good mix and match of like really different icon fights, which is cool because it makes them feel a lot more unique and, and uh, cinematic. So that's something really cool. That's something I'm like, I'm really, really jazzed about. And I love how Yoshida also gave a quick shout out to like uh, the PlayStation 5. He's, he said in quote, making the gameplay flow at a breakneck pace is only thanks to the power of PlayStation 5 system that we can make Final Fantasy 16 the roller coaster ride that it is. I like, I love that little quote that he gave there to the PlayStation 5. Like shout out to you PS5 for being such a beast of a powerhouse console. They're able to do what we can. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you, Yoshi P. Um, let's see. So uh, a lot of people had questions about the party system in 16. I know, Walt, you actually brought it up too. It was like, are we actually going to be traveling the world with like, these characters? With characters or are just going to be Clive B. Solo? Um, turns out that Clive is going to have a couple companions, but everything's controlled by AI. So a lot like Final Fantasy 15 vanilla version before you're able to switch between the other characters. Um, but you will have uh, like rotating party members, including a wolf uh, companion named Torgal. Um, so that reminds me a lot of Red 13 from Final Fantasy 7, and uh, that I'm really excited about to fight alongside a wolf pup. That's going to be badass. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess everyone's going to have like their own different kind of flow to the battle since Clive's going to be pretty much a powerhouse with like all of his abilities and stuff like that. Uh, and so you mentioned this before too, how everyone is British. That's basically how yeah. that development team works, man. They they love delving into the medieval fantasy stuff, which is a lot what you get from fourteen, like we talked about before with Dragon's Dogma, how it's a lot like old English. Following yeah. fourteen is all that. You know, we're talking about you know all the yonders, all the all the um, uh, what's it what's it called? There's just a whole bunch of like, old English in that in that entire game. That makes it like so unique and so personality-wise that you're just like, oh yeah, I'm back in 14's world. This same thing's gonna be with 16. How uh, and it also yeah. matches the the time period, man. This isn't no Assassin's Creed Unity, uh, you know, kind of situation where you have uh, clearly French people <laughs> speaking with British <laughs> accents. So thank God for that. Wow. For sure. Yeah. It, All right, it, I'm back. Perfect. Uh, well, you, got, you got you got your air conditioning blowing in the background or something. <laughs> what are you doing, man? Well, what's going on today? Yeah, man? come on, man. At one week, one day out of the week, fella. One day out of the week, we just don't do this bullshit. You choose the, the one Sunday to do all this. What's wrong with you, buddy? I was moving around the damn room. I was doing some stuff. We all know what that means. We all, we all know. Everybody I, knows I what that means. I'm man. cleaning. You're okay, cleaning. You're in a podcast. What are you talking about? You should be engaged in the conversation. You're playing, you're playing video games. Shut up. It sounded, it sounded like, like he would be like carried away by like rushing water. <laughs> like in a river or something. <laughs> he was being taken away. <laughs> Continue. 
<laughs> I mean, well, 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 tell me, what do you think of the medieval fantasy? Do you like that? Do you want more 15 worlds scientific and, and fantasy? What? What's going on? I mean, if I'm being honest, man, um, just do it right. <laughs> Honestly, I liked 15, and I like my medieval settings. I mean, as long as, like, the characters, th that's my big thing. The characters are memorable. Uh Dude, go all the way, because 13 is infamous for a lot of people, but I like the characters in 13. I like the setting in 13. I yeah. like the the way that they're going with 16, and I like that they're going very action-heavy, very action-RPG-heavy. I love that. Uh, and I actually appreciate that I don't have to control everyone in the party. I actually prefer to just have control over one person and maybe delegate here and there, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's why I really enjoy it turn base because you're not just like controlling a, like a hundred things at once you're just giving instructions here and there like strategically um yeah man I, I, as long as it, the characters are interesting I, do sci-fi do medieval my bias is always like more modern stuff but honestly with final fantasy uh it's in the it's in the name fantasy so i appreciate the medieval section a medieval era a bit more because it feels like it's more at home when it does that if that makes any sense yeah for sure for sure that's why 14 and 16 now are like they stand out from the past decade of final fantasy games where they're they lean more towards like the um, fantasy but high technology so to speak which started in six and a really um kind of took off with seven yeah and then uh 10 went back a little bit more to like the fantasy area but it was more of like um more of like a weird fantasy, so to speak. Uh, this definitely yeah. feels like the more medieval stuff, which is really cool because uh, that's what that's what they're all about. The fourteen team, they're really about like the medieval kind of times and era, and and really pay homage to that. So it's cool to see that's going to be that in the full fledged game. And and there's a genre. I, I once saw this picture where it was like different landscapes, and it said like steampunk, sci-fi. Bless you. It's a steampunk. <laughs> well, it says bless you, babe. It said uh, like uh, cyberpunk. <laughs> And then there was one of them, said like nature punk, or something, and it and essentially it was like, it's a it's a future. You know that 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 picture that people throw around that's like, uh, society if microtransactions weren't real, and it's like this super futuristic uh, picture of like flying cars and like solar panels, like very eco friendly uh, image. I feel like. Final Fantasy X gave me that vibe where it felt like it was fantasy, but there was technology strong enough to like support the Earth. I don't know if that makes any sense. So I yeah, like, like when... with airships and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I really appreciate that type of approach to a video game like fantasy sci-fi, where it very much is like like Battle Angel Alita, where Salem whatever the hell, the one that's on top of the junkyard, feels like that. It feels like a nature, sci-fi, you know, uh, like, but still corrupt environment. Uh, I like that they're going, like, they're going, like, zones, right? They're not going full open world. So I appreciate yeah. that. A lot of a lot of the downtime in Final Fantasy XV was with me with my chocobo going from one side to the other, and it felt grueling. I didn't like it. Because um, it, it was just open fields with nothing. Like monsters that I had killed like a hundred times already, and I'm like, okay, like, feel like, feel like we just get this over with, you know. Open world is not the answer to everything. I think open world is like pretty overrated already. Um, yeah, I agree. 
Uh, the, look at like I just finished like look at Dragon's Dogma, look at Kirby, look at even TMNT. Like well, these aren't beat 'em ups. But I bet there's someone out there. What about an open world beat 'em up? Like shut up. How about shut up? That sounds horrible. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah. I bet yeah, there's that, someone that's like, what? If, I I wish TMNT was open world. Look like look at this city. I'm like, no, you don't know what you want. Like be careful what you wish for, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Open world is it's such a tricky beast now because people have voiced their complaints we know what's good and what's like average mm-hmm. um i'm not gonna say bad because some people really do like the assassin's creed stuff but um yeah for sure but regardless like we have stuff like horizon forbidden west that really take it to like a, another level um and then same thing with elden ring and breath of the wild mm-hmm. we're like we know what we know what good open world games are now um yeah, for, for sure. 16 to kind of have that have their own landmark in it it'll, it'll feel weird because you can tell that's not the kind of game they want to do. They mm. want to tell a really personal story. Even Yoshida said it before in a in the placement blog actually, where he was saying how um oh god where is it I had it here, but he basically was saying uh, he was asked like what makes like a Final Fantasy game, and he was saying along the lines of like a powerful story, uh, great graphics and great and great gameplay, of what make a Final Fantasy game, um not necessarily just turn based gameplay like a lot of people mm. like to think. It's just really yeah. like every title is different, and every title takes the gameplay and the, the brand of Final Fantasy is someplace new, and that's what they're trying to do with this one. And open world just wasn't that case. It was just more of telling this really personal story, and how can you tell like a, a really good uh, and, and fleshed-out story like 16 wants to do on top of all the gameplay cinematic stuff that they're doing, as we saw in the trailers, if yeah. it's open world? It's just going to break up the flow too much. Absolutely. No, and and I think to that point, I don't. I, it's tricky, right? Because people, you look at Final Fantasy, and people go like, "Oh, it's not," you know. I miss the old school turn base. Well, you miss Final Fantasy turn base. You can still play those games, but we're not. We still have turn based games. You know, mm-hmm. you have Triangle Strategy. You had Octopath a few years ago. You still have Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest is not straying away from the RPG. You know, turn-based classic. You have Persona games. Like it's not we we don't have turn-based. You just want Final Fantasy turn-based. But I feel like we're past that era. And if anything, we what? get. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> macho, macho. This this question horizon. There's a, a thunder job or thunder jaw and a storm bird showed up. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please continue. I'm sorry. Um, hey, at least he sounds what? good. Well, hey, shut the hell up, Macho. Get the hell out of here. Get, your, get, get my co-host name out your damn mouth. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, I think... Uh, they're going the Sonic Frontier route. Open zone. Stop it. <laughs> Stop oh, no. it. Someone oh, else God. said that. Someone else said in the podcast. I was like, shut the hell up, man. So don't compare this greatest to Sonic front ass. So don't do that. Dude, it's almost like they're the same game. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. You get, you're getting your points in right now because I said the same thing about Elton. <laughs> <laughs> no, but listen, man. I, I'm actually like... It's ever not, to, to that point, I'm actually hopeful now that Sonic Frontiers is open zone and not open world. Now I'm like, oh, Mario Odyssey. Maybe they come out with something like that. I think I think Sonic Frontiers is open zone. No, exactly. That's yeah. why I'm more hopeful. That's why. I'm oh, more okay, hopeful. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, 
What was it? is this man having a, a hero gasm right now? Like I think so. I think so. God, just let him. Just let him. Just let him be. Just let him be. He, he'll let him figure be it out. Crazy dude. He'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. Yeah. So a couple more points here on on the in the interview here. So uh, yeah, this yeah. game will be a complete experience. So uh, Yoshida said there won't be. There's no plan. No. No. Currently, no plans for any like. Post DLC stuff like that, which is a lot Cap. like Tales of Arise. No, it's a lot like Tales of Arise. They said the Cap. exact, they said the exact same thing with Tales of Arise, where there's no like story DLC or anything like that. So should we trust that? Should we trust that? You should trust Yoshi P. Yes, 100. Okay, absolutely. okay. Then I'll trust you, Yoshi. You might chose watching for you. Yeah, I, I, I mean, trust you. Don't 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 get on me. There's like Clive has like four different DLC offers for like his cape or some shit. But I'm just saying like it's gonna be a complete story. <laughs> Uh, that's oh, which okay, is what okay, you want okay. out of a game, right? You love Tales of Arise, yeah, right? Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So you actually need to play Tales of Arise. Get on that too, buddy. This man has to play Resident Evil Village. Like, nah, he he got he got he got Gold Edition. It's coming out soon. Oh, true, 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 true. Um, you play yeah, Tales of Arise. Yeah, you're right. Game. Like, give me, give me. That's why, like, I think Kirby is a perfect example of like classic. Like, beat the game once, you have a whole new game now. You know, I love that. So if FF16 is like. You complete the game, but there's some dungeons now. There's some super hard dungeons you have to do. I love that in 15, where you have to do the like the castle mark dungeon, and like there's this big, this, these big towers that you have to complete. Uh, mm-hmm. I love it, man. I love that in game. Give me that in game. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. And I can guarantee you that this game is gonna have some form of M game for sure. Nothing as crazy as that, but um, I can guarantee it's gonna have that at least. Uh, yeah, give me, give me some weapons, some, some like. The, the super bosses. I love that about Final Fantasy, that they always have that one boss that's like a fuck you boss, you know? Yeah. I mean, we'll <laughs> see if this one has it, because Yoshi P, he's... He, obviously, he's a hardcore MMO player, and he loves mm. the hard content. Like, he's like, I wish we could do more, but then players won't play the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, he's he's all about the, the super difficult content, for sure. Yeah, um, but I feel like yeah. every single game, every single Final Fantasy has that, oh, yeah... You need to like have the the best weapons or the best sk- skills for this section, right? Yeah, yeah, more or less, more or less. Uh, again, depends on it depends on certain games because like with ten, like obviously, well, I think what I think to get whose best weapon? I think it was either Lulu's or it was somebody's best weapon. We had oh, to dodge the lightning. Yeah, oh. it dodged like the lightning bolt like three hundred times. Some bullshit. That was Lulu's. Yeah, I think that was Lulu's. Yeah, or yeah that's yeah. no Wakas was the blitz ball thing. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. God, I hate that. But I love it that 15 did it pretty cool where you needed certain materials that were only found in certain dungeons to craft, like, the Ultima weapon. There's always that Ultima, like, sword or Ultima spear. Um, or, like, how in 7 there's the... I forgot the name. There's some prototype, like, weapons or, uh, like, some big bosses that you have to find in the world. Um, yeah, yeah. The, those, so cool, the, the, the ultimate weapons. Is what the ultimate, yeah. I want, yeah. I want, bring back a penance level fight. You know. Yeah, that's that's why a lot of people were thinking about for seven remake part three. Um, it's gonna have all that stuff for sure. Like Ooh. a big, like all the kaiju fights are gonna be in that one. Because especially what happened in the story, stuff like that. And again, no spoilers. But um, but yeah, it, it boils down to like just roaming the world and fighting all these giant mech weapons that are that were being sent from the earth. To protect the Earth, essentially, from uh, Sephiroth. So, mm. um, you're going to be fighting all those. And uh, that's going to be a remake, so I'm really excited to see what they do with that. 
but that's, that's such an Ultron premise where it's like, yeah, these are meant to protect, but in reality, they're here to mess you up. You know? Yeah, it sounds like to like reset the earth in, this, in a sense because things are just going crazy. So thanks, Sephiroth. Um, <laughs> thanks for being so powerful, man. <laughs> yeah, stop being so powerful, dog. Uh, <laughs> Stop changing up the timeline. Come on, yeah, man. Listen to this to this fan of yours and just go with her. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Making me dizzy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, back on the 16 stuff. Um, yeah, so they're close to what was it? They're close to completion, or in a sense, that they're basically in like that last stretch of development, but they still have a lot to do. Um, Yoshida mentioned that they have a trailer also planned for the fall, so that's going to be cool to see what they're going to do there. Um, you know, what kind of trailer we're going to get from there. Uh, and mm-hmm. a lot of people pointed to the music, too, like how awesome it was to have the Final Fantasy theme go with the freaking names of the Titans. And uh, this is what I've been saying for months now, man. Uh, Masayoshi Soken is, is a god composer, man. I'm telling y'all, that was just, that was just a little taste of what this man can do with a with a composition track, man, it's you guys are gonna be just frothing from the mouth of like all the sequences you're gonna be doing in this game and how it's tied to the music. It gets really incredible. I experienced that again with 14 this past week, where I did the Damn. alliance raid for which is like a 24 man raid in the game, and uh, 24. The, yeah, just 24 people rounding up and and going through that entire dungeon in the last boss fight has his lyrical soundtrack that fucking bopped man it's so good i was absolutely just freaking out and then my fiance saying was just like are you okay are you okay i'm like oh i'm, t- I'm just having the time of my life right now because the music with the boss fight and the mechanics and everything it was it was absolutely just enthralling it was a final fantasy experience so i can't wait to see what Soken does with uh, 16, especially for these epic boss fights, man. It's going to be man, so good. Man, I, I worry for Sammy sometimes living with you and you going like, oh, haywire every now and then. <laughs> the, thing is, the thing is, I let her know beforehand. That's the, so that's why she never worries. <laughs> Babe, remember to put on the noise-canceling headphones. Which she actually does have, so it uh, Okay. <laughs> so thank you, Apple, for, for doing that. Um, but yeah, so they're going to trailer in the fall. And then the last thing I'll say here is that, um, let me see, uh, they touched a little bit on the development stuff. So, so I, I was thinking about when I read this question, his answer, um, uh-huh. be- <laughs> because he mentioned before how, like, how is Yoshi P actually doing this? I showed you guys the schedule he has and how crazy it was, but he goes a little yeah. bit more in depth with his actual question here, um, where he's saying, PlayStation Bob basically asked him, so do you remember how the conversation went when you were asked to produce his mainline entry? What was your initial reaction? And he responds, thanks. But, um, I said, thanks, but I have my hands full of 14, so let me think about it. I was truly honored with the company would choose my section, Creative Business Unit 3, to be responsible for making the next entry in the Final Fantasy series. But as you probably know, I'm already the producer director of 14. I was worried that if I took on the directorship of 16 too, fans of both games have good reason to believe I wasn't giving either project my full attention. To ensure the development of 16 didn't affect 14, we picked out a very small group of core team members to start with, and over the course of several years, slowly and carefully transitioned them to across to start to work on the new game until we had a full team assembled. With the boost in processing power... Okay, that's where he talks about the PlayStation 5. But yeah, so it kind of gives you a little perspective of like how ga- these games are made. Uh, he said over the course of several years... So they were definitely thinking about this when 15 was being made. All right, let's think about 16 and who we want to you know, be the, the head project of that. And then 
lo and behold, they actually asked Yoshida even before like the success of um, of was it Heaven Sword? I want to say probably Stormblood. Heaven Sword definitely got them to a new limelight. But um, Stormblood was another one, and then Shadowbringers, all that stuff. So all the success of what Fourteen's been doing, it's not like Square just saw Shadowbringers like, oh yeah, they're doing really amazing. Let's make the next makes have them make the next game. Um, no, they they asked them way early on, and they built that team slowly but surely until they got what you see now, which is like an all-star cast with like the battle director from DMC Five, the composer for Fourteen. Obviously, Yoshi P being as influential as he is and knowing so much about the series and being such a big fan of it. Um, and yeah, so... And also the... the uh, uh, Michael Koji Fox, who's the uh, who's the, the uh, translator. Um, God, what's the other... Localization producer, that's what he is. He's a localization guy for 16. He's just... He's he's a localization guy for fourteen. He's absolutely like a he's a he's a beast. On top of being a really great singer too. <laughs> so, but yeah. So that's basically kind of like the wrap up of the sixteen interview. Um, there again, there's a lot more information out there, but we kind of just I just went through the nuts and bolts here to to give you guys like more of a more of a different like option on like sixteen its development process. So summer twenty twenty three. And wait. they said he also said. Uh another trailer in the fall right yep yep we got another trailer in the fall which ties in with what tokyo game show i mean do you think that or you know the <clears throat> the playstation showcase in september hmm. Hmm. maybe but like does that really constitute us well i guess that is fall right september yeah 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 i mean uh i, I, I think i think fall. it's i think it's like uh it's like summer where it's like late later in the month yeah but still, it's yeah, it will constitute the fall. So I, I would think I would, Tokyo Game Show because I think Tokyo Game Show is like what November or, or late September, something like that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I would just think that you know Sony would want that you know on their showcase, you know, kind of like the state of play. But for sure, who knows? Yeah. Um, but what do you think yeah. about sixteen, man? You want to get your want to give yeah. your thoughts on here? I'm I'm excited for it. Um, I mean, literally, I was similar to Plague Tale. I was sold on that reveal trailer. That reveal trailer was pretty fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, man, I'll, I'll play day one just like I did for 15. So. Whoa. Yeah. What? Wow. Wow. I don't know. It's just you sometimes surprise me, Soul. <laughs> Is that surprising? Yeah, I don't know. Because sometimes you're like, sometimes you're unpredictable in your opinions. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you'll go, oh, you know, yeah, this <laughs> say, yeah, like he's worth that's a proud badge. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> like, like one minute he's like, oh man, like I don't know about Resident Evil. Next thing you know, you're playing all the remakes. <laughs> ne- next thing you know, you're playing Destruction All Stars. Next thing you know, it's like, wait, which, you know. which, hey, I, I'm, it's, it's not looking too bad. <laughs> right yeah, right. Did you see all those, all those one on one trailers? Yeah. On your yeah, sub man, box? I, I, might, I might be heading back to it. Yeah, so. yeah bet you will. <laughs> there's bet that. You there's will. A, a a new game, Roller Champions. It's like a roller, roller skating. Roller, roller. No, no, no. There's like an actual multiplayer, like free game, Roller Champions or something. Uh, and it's like a, like it looks like Fortnite but with roller skates. Uh, no, but Roller Drum. I'm looking forward to. But yeah, man, it's like I like that in this podcast. Like, we're not predictable. I feel like. Like not none of none here. If anything, you know, the the when it comes to certain games, we know what the what the others gonna say. Like if Final Fantasy is muttered in the distance, do you know who's gonna come from the crevices of the earth? Uh, 
<laughs> if you hear just come out from under my rock like a starfish. Yeah, like a damn goofer, like whoop, whoop, you know. <laughs> That's um, hilarious. But I mean, it's cool, man. I. I uh, oh yeah, and see. Yeah, man. He, <laughs> never let them know your next move. <laughs> this man <laughs> but yeah man i'm excited for ff16 i can't wait for that steel book i can't oh, wait to see a steel book man yeah it's gonna look so good oh yeah, man I just, I just can't wait for that soundtrack to come out man like seriously do you, like masayoshi soken is uh, i was listening to n walker soundtrack the other day mm-hmm. and it's 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 god damn it's it's <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that's how I felt. Exactly. Yeah. That's how I felt too. I was like, God, dude, it's so good. <laughs> so, I like that. When Saul plays a game, he becomes the soundboard. <laughs> he becomes... <laughs> he <does. laughs> uh, God damn it. But yeah, it's, oh, I mean, it's, <laughs> it just, it honestly just makes me um, think like how, how, how much I love this soundtrack and the soundtrack for 14. Yeah. That 16 is just absolutely going to blow it out of the water for what he does man because somehow this guy just keeps improving on everything he does and right. uh it's it's absolutely magical what the what that what the guy does so really excited to see what he does with 16 um it's with all the main mid. themes and stuff like that so it's gonna be really special so. it's pretty mid yeah it's pretty mid i don't know <laughs> <laughs> hey man listen if sammy can if I... can actually buy the soundtrack on her own because she liked it so much then that's how they they're doing good they're doing good no yeah. that's like yeah. i feel like a, a game uh, the rpgs or jrpgs rather the good ones the soundtrack impeccable sometimes you'll have a a, a moment of like a like a tales of a rise where it's like it's good but it's it's you know it's yeah fine. it's whatever yeah it's whatever it, it's fine it's not it's not i'm i'm at the gym spotify worthy you know it's not like even to like like how Lord Cog he you always see I mostly see like Destiny songs. I feel like Destiny is one of the few games where even if you detest the game, the music is absolutely magical. Same with Endwalker. You can like never play Final Fantasy fourteen, but do yourself a favor and look up that soundtrack and listen to it. Yes, because it's it's phenomenal. Same with uh. <clears throat> Persona Five, it's on Spotify as well. One hundred percent, yeah. I was, I'm glad you said it because I was, I was thinking it. Um, that, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll say it later in the podcast too. But um, I was yeah. actually looking at more video game soundtracks, and the fact that you said Destiny reminds me I need to listen to that. Um, yeah, because I, I was just listening this past week to, um, on top of fourteen, I was also listening to the Monster <gasps> Hunter Rise soundtrack. <laughs> and are you right. surprised, Sol? <laughs> yeah, yeah he, got, he got surprised there. <laughs> this is the most stressful fight in this game. Dude. Yeah, you need to be a streamer. <laughs> this man yeah, became a, an anime protagonist. Yeah, I would say let's get sold to do, to be a VTuber. That'd be the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah, the oh, Monster Hunter Rise it. soundtrack is in, is it absolutely impeccable. It's so oh, dude, good, yeah. man. I like I can't believe I missed out on listening to the soundtrack for this long. Like it's incredible. I love the main theme, like the victory theme. Like it's so good. Uh, that, yeah, uh, such great music. But yeah, it's like, it's be, like this has to be the goddamn stupidest kid in in the entire universe of. Jeez, I'm just saying I like soundtracks, dog. It's like <laughs> <laughs> this kid. This kid gets himself trapped in in a little cave where uh, Thunderjaw and a Stormbird are, are walking around. Who who does that, man? <laughs> This man, he got tunnel vision. <laughs> Am I right? 
This kid, this kid better yes, be fucking I, I, I got, I got your joke. It just, he, thank you, thank you. he's, he's ignoring. It. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, nah, I don't, I don't even. You know, you know, no, no, no. We're, we're real random, but it's because we once talked about it, and never again. We mentioned the name once, and I don't think anyone here played it. Did y'all got to play Jet the Far Shore? No. <laughs> no. Dude, I know what game you're talking about. That was a game that we were like, oh, yeah, no, man, Jet, like, the ships, and, like, it looks cool. Oh, no, no. Never, I, didn't, I didn't say anything about that. Never you know, again. You know what's funny is that, um, you know how everyone, when was it, last week or two weeks ago when the Xbox showcase happened? Everyone was yeah. like, oh, wow. Uh, the, they showed games that are coming out in the next twelve months. Isn't that so cool? But like, I was I was kind of thinking back on it, and I was like, Do you guys remember the first uh, PS Five reveal event in in June twenty twenty? Like, most of those games came out like within like the next year, right? Like, at least like the big guns, like Demon Souls and Spider Man and Ratchet and Returnal, Solar yeah, Ash. it was the PS Five. That was the, the 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 summer that the PS5 had like the, its own like reveal, right? Like yeah. its own. Yeah, the, the very first the very first one where we saw the console for the first time. Yeah. Uh, Solar Ash, uh, Kingdom Bridge of Spirits. That's when that game was revealed. Mm -hmm. uh, Bug Snacks. Um, like yeah, like I'm looking back yeah. on that, and like most of the stuff there was like out in the next year. You know, aside from like things like GT and and Horizon, of course. But yeah, like, yeah, for the most part, like I think yeah. God of so, War like, too, was, right? Wasn't God of War Ragnarok? That was the September one. The uh, September. Okay. And, and it's crazy how that one like had Final Fantasy as well. Yeah. It's crazy how our next gen console was announced, and it already had like a slew of exclusives on release. That's crazy. Um, yeah. It's almost like Sackboy and Destruction All Stars are there too. Yeah, like, man. All came out. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know. I thought it was it was interesting. <laughs> what were you saying, um, Macho? No, no, I didn't say nothing. It's almost like what? No, 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 say, no, say, no say, I say, say nothing. Say with your chest. No, I'm just saying the soul is right. Like yeah, like we like they had a showcase. They show like the first twelve months of the console, and then everyone was like, oh, that's nothing. But, but like the, the, my thing is, and again, it's just it's interesting to see where these two companies like differentiate. It's not like Sony like shouted that from the rooftops. There, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they didn't they didn't make the a, a big marketing point about that. Like 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 Xbox did with all these graphics and like this is what the next twelve months of Xbox looks like. Right? Like Sony was just like, here's a showcase. Here's when these games come out. <laughs> I, like wash their hands and there you go. So yeah. to that point, I feel like. It's interesting you mentioned that now that I think about it. Those showcase, aside from the indie ones like Wholesome Direct and the Freedom Games uh, showcase, they needed to like remind, like tell us, like, listen, guys, like, in another way they told us, listen, guys, I know we've been talking shit, but it'd be like time for your expectations. Because even Summer Game Fest was like, I know, you know, uh, this is not for everyone. Jeff was like, this is not for everyone. Uh, some announcements, you know, some people will like them and, I, you know, not everything's for everyone. And that's like his way of like, guys, chill. I know we've been hyping shit up, but chill. Same with the showcase. It's like 12 months. But then PlayStation's like, no, no, just we're making a game. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then same with Nintendo. Oh, Breath of the Wild sequel is coming in like 10 years. And it's like, okay. <laughs> you know what's you know what's actually really funny you say that so because I know a lot I I, I know and saw a lot of people saying, well, mm. PlayStation did this kind of showcase, mm. they 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 will just be praised, they will get mm. praised, and uh, they did get praised, 
and so yeah. did xbox so i don't know like what's your point you're getting games yeah. <laughs> look i don't get it yeah and it's in the next 12 months don't we want that do we want games soon anyways like uh i'm well, glad that with uh, we, we got a lot of great announcements you know we did definitely want a, a blend of both for sure um, oh do for sure but, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, we can quickly touch on the whole, I don't know if you guys saw this, the whole thing about, uh, John Garvin and, uh, Michael Mumbauer, who was the head of VASG before he left for, uh, That's No Moon, before <laughs> leaving That's No Moon to now set up this new studio with, uh, John Garvin, who was, like, the writer at Bed Studio, uh, you know, who wrote uh, Days Gone, and then he left that studio. So basically, these two have teamed up to oh, make no. their own AAA studio, uh, and their first game is a new oh, IP boy. called Ashfall, oh, which boy. is a blockchain AAA, I think, open world game. I think they said open world. So um, no, it's an open world for NFTs. Yeah, but basically, the the main point was it's a blockchain game, which is uh, very. Very interesting. <laughs> so yeah, uh, interesting. Yeah, in the sense, in the sense of, uh, hey man, I'm glad these two are no longer at PlayStation. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. That's, yeah, those are big facts. Yeah, I feel. And, a, I don't know, man. Like you have a, like a really good like business insight into wanting to start this kind of stuff. Doesn't mean I gotta I gotta listen to your ass. Because I'm, yep. I'm I'm just not gonna care at all. Anytime I see the word blockchain or NFTs, I'm immediately just zoned out. I don't care. And, and again, this is the same thing that I said with, with Redfall. Like, using fall in your game's title Are you does still not make it cool, man. <laughs> does not make it cool. Babylon's <laughs> fall. A god fall. <laughs> like, like, the Ash list fall. just goes Oh, and, man. Uh, and Redfall, like the list just goes on and on, man. <laughs> like it's not cool. <laughs> like it was cool back in like PlayStation the early 2000s. All. Oh no, that's all. Not no F there. Just yeah. it's the F. It's the F because you can have all, just no F. What other? Is there other? Is there more fall? Isn't it crazy how that's like a thing? It's like it's like gate, like like Baldur's Gate, Stormgate. Like there's all there's these get names, these these words that just. You can throw in a generator and be like, that's the name of my game. You know? <laughs> like, it's like when, when you well, go on Twitter it's, and it's it, like, re replace one word in your favorite game with the word erection. And it's like one of those things. <laughs> it's like Metal Gear Erection or some shit like that. It's like Metal Gear Gate. Like, it works. Yeah, Metal Gate Gear. I don't know. I think it's I think it's it's a lot to do with, like, psychology and, like, the way, like, People oh like hell yeah, it. man! It's, it's one of the reasons why a lot of Disney movies only have like one word actions, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, yeah, like or like of characters like Frozen and, and Tangled, Turning you know, Red you know, or exactly. Inside Out. You know, you yeah, have exactly. it's like yeah. it's it's words that are also like they roll off the tongue. Like when when someone came up with the name like Dual Shock and Sense, you know? Yeah, like uh, me. Yeah. Like Hello. you, yeah. Oh my God, Disney is like you, macho. <laughs> oh my God. Hey man, it's, it's catchy and it rolls off the tongue. You'd love to see it. No, uh, absolutely. But it's definitely not the falls, though. That's for sure. I, no, kind of, I, got, I agree with Soul got, there. That that trend needs to die now. I got mm -hmm. two more two more examples, and uh -oh. that is Greedfall and Titanfall. To be mm. fair, Titanfall, fantastic FPS, but uh, what do you call it? What was the other one you mentioned? Greedfall. Greedfall. It had its shortcomings, but there's a strong foundation, and that's makes, the thing. Like certain it games, makes no sense. Like, it, no, like, it makes know. no sense, but it doesn't have to make sense. Sometimes you just put like, sometimes they're <laughs> too on the nose. Farm life simulator, and then sometimes 
that's like, oh, uh, Returnal. That doesn't make sense. They're just yeah, put two words together. Oh, Returnal makes more Soul. sense. Than uh, no, I feel like Returnal's a kind of a dumbass name, dog. Soul. It's, yeah. a dumb name. it's a dumb name. It's a dumb exactly. name, but it makes sense. It makes sense as to what Selena It makes sense in the context of a sci-fi world. Yeah, no. It's an yeah. eternal return. No, I get it. That's I get that's, it. That's all I'm saying is that like with things like Titanfall and Redfall and Greedfall and Babylon's Fall and, and all this stuff, it's just like at that point you're just putting two words together, right? Like it doesn't <laughs> like it, with Greedfall, like it makes no sense. Like what is the Greedfall? Like like there's it makes no sense. The fall with, of greed. With, yeah, like <laughs> I feel like the best the best titles in in games are things or just titles in general is things that are like actually like meaningful into like the actual like uh story or what's happening within that story or or whatever you know like i don't what, know when when you look at at a box and you see greedfall you look at redfall like that doesn't tell you anything about what the game is about <laughs> like yeah i don't know what what's what do you think is like the stupidest name for a game like the stupidest name you've ever heard persona 5 uh... Listen. There was, uh, hey, you shut your mouth. Listen. Uh, there was, there was you a chose game. chose violence. Oh. There, was, there was, wait, wasn't this, wasn't this a category for awards last year, or did I? What? Dumbest Be name in. Dumbest because, name? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty uh, sure it was. I don't, I don't, for what award? Uh, for us? That we did? For our awards show uh, last year, yeah. I'm pretty um, sure that was in a, in a category. Because there was this one game uh, that came out last year called <laughs> Record of Lodos War Deedlet in Wonder Labyrinth. Jesus. And I said, and I said that I said that right there is the dumbest name I've ever heard for a game. Did you read that or did you remember that? Uh, no, I read that. I, okay. I, re I remember Deedlet. I was like, okay. I remember, I remember that. Because <laughs> um, I don't know what that means, but I remember that. I mean, if I were to go for like the dumbest name... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Kingdom Hearts fans, but we got a, quite a bit of them. Um, <laughs> especially the one collection with Aqua as I was a Kingdom Hearts 3 demo. It's called um, Kingdom Hearts... Uh, Fragment Passage? It's, no, like it's, yeah, it's Kingdom Hearts... Yeah, Kingdom Hearts Burp by Sleep 0.2, a fragmentary passage. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, like, but then, like, again, this is me not knowing anything about Kingdom Hearts, but, like, Birth by Sleep just sounds fucking cool. And same yeah, thing with, like, yeah. Dream Drop Distance. Like, that sounds fucking cool. Same thing with, the yeah. with like, Crisis Core. Like, that just sounds fucking cool. You know what I mean? I don't know yeah. what any of these things yeah. mean, but they sound cool. At this point, they're just saying three words with the same initial letter. Okay, DDD, BBB, CC, you know? It it's makes sense. Thing, it's the same thing with, with Double May Cry. Like, yeah. at, at that point, you're just putting words together, but it sounds fucking cool when you say it. So What, <laughs> what like Devil May Cry? Yeah, yeah, yeah especially when somebody announces like "Devil May Cry," like yeah, yeah. Or, or Resident Evil. Yeah, that's you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Where it's cool. Biohazard. Yeah, no, it I doesn't feel make, you. It doesn't make sense. Like Resident, what, what the fuck is a Resident Evil? Like that, that literally <laughs> doesn't make sense. But it sounds cool as hell, so I'm cool with it. Or even, like or even another one, Fatal Frame. I think that sounds like a really cool. Yeah, cool Fatal thing. Frame. Yeah, yeah no, for yeah. sure. Or like, um, like. Some are very straight to the point, like Yakuza. And then you have Yakuza like a dragon, where it's just, yeah, no, the, the main character, he's like, he's trying to be like a dragon. He's trying to be like the best. And yeah, sometimes it's just as simple that you can get. Uh, but then you have like Cyberpunk, it's just the, the setting. Or, or Crash, that's the name of the character. Uh, but Scarlet Nexus is a cool name. I yeah, think that's a badass cool name. One. Yeah, it's a cool you know? name, too. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, 
What were we on? <laughs> what were we talking about? We're talking oh, about, we're talking about Ashfall, man. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I forgot. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's clearly an easy joke to be made to be made with that name. So I feel like they're gonna regret choosing Ashfall because <laughs> I know uh, what's his name uh, Bond on Weapon Wheel. He's he's definitely gonna call it Ashfall. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Now, yeah, honestly, so I can like, see this game just absolutely being like a fart in a wind. Um, a lot like David Jaffe's uh, Drawn to Death. Drawn to Death, yeah. Um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who did Gears of War. Uh, he did that battle oh, yeah. game. Mr. Gears. Lawbreakers. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Bro. <laughs> you, you know what the pitch for that was? You know, this is like Overwatch, Dark Souls. Yeah. It no, was like, he said, he, he his said this is the Dark Souls of shooters, of like hero shooters. Yeah, his pitch was that is not Overwatch, which is like, oh that's, my god. That's and what, that's what out, Overwatch was popping. Like, you're like, why would you do that? That's what sucks, man. If that game had come out like later, it would have done better, but it came out at the same time as Overwatch. That's insane. Yeah, man. That's insane. Uh, I don't even know about that, man. No, no. I think <laughs> it would have done way better, even just a little bit better. But he hyped it up too much for what it was. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, so that's why I think of Ashfall. It's it's going to be a fart in the wind. It has NFTs. It has, it has things that nobody wants in it, and it sounds generic. Yeah, I don't think it's going to attach I'm, anything. And like, this ties to, um, well, I don't know. This is totally just like speculation, but it makes me excited mm -hmm. that both Garvin and Ross are out of Ben's studio because it feels like those two specifically like were really sort of like, I don't know. I feel like that studio now, I'm really excited for what they're doing next because it feels like they're really going to be able to like stretch their creative legs and, and their wings and be able to do something interesting because it feels like, Garvin and Ross kind of pigeonholed that studio for a while with Days Gone, so like I'm excited for them specifically, and maybe the same thing happened with VASG with Mumbauer being there because I don't know, it's just weird that like your your previous studio head is now working on an on a NFT game. Like I don't know, I feel like just based off of that alone, it makes me think that like that guy was probably not the coolest to work with, and now that knowing that now he wants to do an NFT game, like I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that they're not there anymore. All, all I can say is there's going to be a few whales that are going to be involved with that game, and then that's it. It's going to be a whale game. That's it. It's going to be a marketplace where some people are going to make a quick buck because um, you know it's going to be just, like, incentivizing, like, purchasing these absurd, like, characters for the open world. A lot of board apes, man. A lot of board apes. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it, it really... I want to put my tinfoil hat on and be like, this is just like a a, a PR like um, PR announcement to get investors on your side for your studio or something like that. Because I, I had the same thoughts with like Square Enix president too, where like he said like beginning of the year we're doing NFTs. He recently just had another interview. Yeah, we're thinking about doing Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy and story single player NFTs and stuff like that. And a lot of that's just like, are you like, are you like really serious? Or are you just kind of like bullshit just to get more investors on your side to like? just be more invested into the company because you're following this trend, but you're not really acting on it, so to speak. I don't know, man. I have no idea if John Garvin and this other guy are doing the exact same thing or they're very serious, but I think they're following a the trend that's going to die very quickly. I bet he's serious. <laughs> I bet he is. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, so... That's 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 it for Ashfall. That that's probably to be honest, guys. That is probably the last time we'll ever talk about it on this on this podcast. I, I agree. I, I, yeah. Um. 
we should probably close out uh, the podcast with something a little bit more serious. And uh, obviously, yesterday, uh, Roe v. Wade got uh, uh, what was it, overturned, right? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the word? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and something happened that I feel like I, I've never seen this happen. Like, I don't know. I, I, like in any space, like I, I was in class when this was ha- when this was happening. But obviously, you know, uh, tons of studios, you know, tweeted out, you know, their support for you know basic human rights. Essentially, um, it started with Insomniac. That was the first one I saw, and then it was just like it felt like the floodgates just opened, where it was just like Insomniac, and then here's Media Molecule, and here's uh gorilla and here's santa monica and sucker punch and naughty dog and like london studio and like one after the other after the other like all the playstation studios just like tweeting out their support for uh you know in in favor of roe v wade and and you know basic healthcare needs and and human rights and again like i i feel like I've, i've just never seen anything like that and like it felt really really powerful especially when you take in the context of you know the whole jim ryan email and you know now like it kind of like spurred this question of like okay like was this you would have to assume that sony had to have okayed this that they changed their tune but then like my other thought was like oh did they go behind like jim's back or or something i don't know i i would i would have to assume that sony okayed that because all the images that they posted were relatively kind of like in the same fashion I don't know if you guys noticed that, right? Like they all yeah. kind of basically said the same thing and they had their logo at the end of it. So they're all structured the same. So that's why I, I think it was okay by Sony. But yeah, what, what do you guys think? What was your reaction to, to seeing that all happening in, in, in real time? Like it was really, really amazing to, to be honest. Yeah, I love the unification of it, man. Like that's that's what we're talking about, especially when it comes to these studios. Like, like we get, we're all, they're all under one umbrella. But they're also independent, and that's why I love that Insomniac was the first one to kind of lead the charge, so to speak, on yeah. being like, we understand what this guy, what Jim Ryan said, what Jimbo said in that email, and how deft tone it was. And it's again, we're no stranger to Jim being really sort of out of the loop, and 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 what the community wants, so to speak. Like I, we understand where he's coming from in most cases, but that one. Especially right. when Roe v. Wade was actually was, was way out of line, and to talk about you, you, how well you want a dog and talk about your cats, which is really weird. So to see Insomniac really be like, we understand what he says, but listen, this is not how we roll. So yeah, it, we're going to lead the charge here. Like, yeah, and as you say, like lead the charge. It was almost poetic that it started with them, right? Um, yeah, I thought I thought that was really cool. But well, well de- detail. What do you what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Mean by what? Like it was poetic, because the whole thing about uh, I don't know if you, I feel like we did talk about this on on the podcast, but how like internally like Insomniac was had a really big problem with what Jim said in that email, and there was like internal fighting about that, and Insomniac and Ted basically was talking to the whole studio and was like, you know, they tried to uh, you know, oh, they really? asked Tony. They asked Sony like, if we could, you know, publicly speak about this, and the, Sony shut them down. That was the whole thing about Sony, like, quote-unquote, like, muzzling their studios, right? Oh. And, you know, in, in internal messaging, Ted was like, hey, like, this is a battle that we won't win, you know? Um, with, with In terms of with, with Sony, about, like, you know, being able to, to talk freely about this, because, you know, we are a subsidiary. We are owned by Sony. There are certain things that we can't do. And there was employees that, like, legitimately asked uh, Ted in in uh, kind of company wide conversation, like, 
are you are you now regretting you know being owned by by uh by sony now because of this um you know because we aren't we we don't have this independence to be able to just say whatever we are tweet out every we we want um and and teddy was basically like you know although you know we, we there are certain things that we can't do let us not forget that because we have been underneath sony that we have been allowed like a ton of creative freedom and, and autonomy and stuff like that so yeah it was this it was this big like uh leaked sort of internal conversation at insomniac um yeah and it basically ended it basically ended with them making this donation to like kind of like what naughty dog did uh, Neil and, and Evan, they made this donation and then Sony uh, matched it. But yeah, that was leaked like literally, I think the day of or the day after the whole Jim Ryan email. So yeah, it was really interesting stuff. But yeah, well, I said, well, I say well, thanks poetic. Thanks for breaking that down. I, I, I was kind of just ignorant of that. So yeah, so I say poetic because it really felt like, I don't know, like Insomniac kind of like, I don't, I don't know, started is the right word, but like I feel like they were the big sort of like studio in opposition to what jim said and for them to kind of like start this you know the the floodgates opening that started with them uh i i feel like it, it kind of felt like it was like full circle almost that makes me even happier they 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 mentioned that they were sort of like the first one then because that's yeah because yeah, i think this is a really big issue and i'm, I'm happy to see that they're that all these companies like all these all these developers that we follow that we really idolize in a sense because they make experiences that, that we love yeah and respect as well that um, that they're they're setting up and and saying that we're not just about games and we're not rele- relegated to just games. Like there's people and humans that make these games. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's that's why that's why when people are like, oh, what what do they say that they're like, oh, just stick to to games, yep. you know, <laughs> or like mm-hmm. things like that. And it's just like like these are real fucking people behind these games that are entitled to you know express their thoughts and opinions and feelings and emotions. They're not just machines in a factory churning out these things. Like there are, there's actual living, breathing humans behind your favorite games. So like to treat okay. them as nothing more than just you know mindless zombies, you know, uh, solely there to create for your expense is so fucked up, you know. Yeah, well, well, well jump about... oh, jump in. I know you just got back, so. Yeah, um, it it's interesting, well, what, right? What was your what was your reaction to, to seeing like the uh, everything go out go down on Twitter? You're seeing one by one each studio kind of release their statement. What was your reaction to it? Honestly, I felt very like I, it was a good reminder of of the, the, these companies. There's humanity behind them, right? Uh, what was so reassuring of that is the fact that not only do they, you know, support basic human rights, they support, you know, they understand if someone needs to travel, they need expenses covered, they need, they're going the extra mile, you know, I mean, with what little we can do, because this is much bigger than just, you know, corporate situations. This is something that's on the very humanity and, and, and federal situation. Uh, it was very reassuring of, as a community, we might bicker and we might be, you know, toxic at times about like consoles and whatnot. But at the end of the day, it's all about humanity. It's all about, you know, protecting human rights and protecting each other and making sure that our bases are covered. And it's it's times like when, about that. So like it's times like that when you see all these companies coming forward that 
people then start noticing silence probably means not no support, you know, or it means that the bigger umbrella is not allowing for that to happen. If, if that makes any sense, for instance, like uh, Insomniac under PlayStation, if Sony had said, you're not saying anything, they can't say anything. But this just shows that more and more acceptance from higher ups, uh, hopefully, hopefully, is being brought out and it's being shown just how much this affects not just, you know, not not just people, but days to come, like the future, like essentially humanity is at stake. Like there's a lot of it, it's it's and this is this is what's been like the, the biggest comparison and it's very real this last week. And it's the fact that when guns are getting more protection than humanity, seeing this come out, it's a lot. It, it's very good to see these companies, you know, come forward with these statements. And that's and that's the thing. And like, I, I don't want to get too in, into the weeds in this but like it's it's just so contradictory and, and ironic where you know these people they claim that they're pro-life but at the same time you know if they were truly pro-life then you would see harsher restrictions on guns and and weapons of mass destruction here within the u.s and stuff like that but like no you mm-hmm. don't you don't see that at all so like if they mm-hmm. were truly pro-life then you would see restrictions on these things but no yeah it's, it's, to, to, that's why to... that's why that's why it's not it's not about them being pro-life or about them wanting to protect the baby it's solely it's solely about control and money that's that's all that it is for them and it's and it's how people are calling it it's not anymore pro-life it's just forced birth pro-birth like it's not even because let's face it once they're born they don't care you know <laughs> absolutely there's this there's this absolutely fantastic um george carlin like little stand-up thing but he says the same thing <laughs> like once you're what is it like once you're eligible for or once you're homeless or uh once you're without a job or um whatever the case may be once you're like nine months old you're fucked <laughs> you're on your own essentially <laughs> so yeah, yeah and so. it sucks it's horrible um but but yeah, man, I, I I don't know what the future holds. Uh, I know that the fight is not going to end. Uh, companies, I hope they keep the same energy throughout history, <laughs> throughout the end of their days. Um, and this is not just a momentarily thing, a momentary thing to like gain, hopefully, clout. I, I really, I don't like it when people utilize these situations for clout chasing, which there very much are people like that. Um, but then you have, but then you have companies like uh, like EA where they just they just don't say, you know, they put out a statement, but it's like it's like uh, what what's the saying? It's like word salad. Like there's just nothing in there, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they they put out something, sure, but like it said nothing in there. <laughs> um, so yeah. You can you can be like EA or you could be like Insomniac and Santa Monica and and and, and Naughty Dog. So. And, and it's um, crazy how. Again, I just it, it there has to be like a simple way of putting it, and it's the fact that the it, it, providing birth has been around since we've existed, while firearms have been around for the last couple centuries. So 
what's more important, you know, something that is truly ingrained in humanity or something that you created, you know, selfishly in, in terms of a concept, in terms of, of your justification. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what. And, and another thing to put in perspective, the U.S. is still one of the youngest nations to be formed. Uh, and it definitely feels like it. It feels like this is like that one kid that just does not get reality. Still lives in that little bubble of, you know, the 1800s. Um, we'll see, man. We'll see where this goes. All, all, what we can say here in the podcast is that just like those companies, I mean, we very much are aware of the rights that people deserve. And this is very much a basic right. Just like people are have the right to, you know, freaking marry whoever the fuck you want yeah. you should be able to do whatever the fuck you want with your body you know yeah that's it's like this kind of stuff like it it absolutely just frustrates me frustrates me to know and so he's feeling that works in news and to see it's, this stuff just kind of happen and and you know and not really have much uh that i can do about it it sucks especially when it comes to like i want to start a family and the fact that this kind of stuff is going to affect my future daughter or even my fiance and stuff like that that's it's it absolutely infuriates me, which is why it's hard to talk about and um, even hard to kind of realize that it's just like the reality we live in. But again, that's why I hope that people listening to this podcast, you can get a laugh. You can get even for an hour or two. You can just leave that all behind you and not worry about it for the time being. You just enjoy the moment we have here, especially when we talk about video games. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, just I, I like to, I'm glad it's so brought up because I think it's something that obviously we, we, we recognize and we don't ignore. But at the same time, um, yeah, we just want you guys to know that you know we're we're here for you guys and we're with you. So, yeah, and and if you know this is a space that whenever you tune in, this is the only reminder of what we are in tune with. Uh, but this is not a topic that we're gonna discuss every every single time uh, because yeah. we want to make sure that this space is just somewhere you can you can escape a little bit, you know, where we can clown on some dumb CEOs and talk about our trashy taste in video games, you know. Exactly, especially especially if you like Persona Five, like if you especially like that, you well just especially if you think Kingdom Hearts is like a cohesive story, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Which, listen, by the way, listen, man, listen. I saw Atlas tweet again. They're doing. They're going to another expo for listen, merch. Listen, listen. <laughs> and going, I, I got I'm, the biggest laugh out of that one. <laughs> next next week, I'm not going to be in the podcast because I will be an anime expo in Cali. So, hey, man. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna be buying some Atlas merch, baby. Yes, God, sir. Dog, man. I saw that again. I'm like, wow, announcing more merch. You can't even get Persona 6. Yo, Persona 5 was on, was what 2015 released? 2016. Hey. 2016? Y'all haven't gotten a game in seven years? Hey, man. Come on. Hey, man. We got shit making me tense. We're getting soul hackers, baby. What's up? <laughs> What's up? Hey, man, by I, the way, soul. I'm saying, soul, the Final ha- Fantasy fan, I'm Ian. That's all I'm saying. So, I'm Ian right now. Soul, how much was that Terra statue from Square Enix? <laughs> what was that, like $16,000 or something? It was 12500 12, for you got information. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And, and another thing, before we, uh, Soul, before I let you uh, uh, bring bring us home, I'm going to just t- touch on something real quick. Uh, I was on Twitter, right? And 19 minutes ago, uh, uh, a friend of the show, Mr. Badbit, tweeted this. After falling in love with Returnal, it's time to check out another Housemark classic. Matterfall. <laughs> <laughs> Another <Yeah>. fall game. <laughs> yeah. There um, you go, buddy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, I kind of wrap that up. Uh, it was just really cool to see, you know, 
Absolutely. And studios. Love to see it. Like, and like leading, almost like, you know, we, we talk about, you know, Insomniac leading the charge for like within PlayStation Studios and feeling that feeling poetic. But then like at the same time, it felt like they were leading the charge for like the industry because like they were like kind of the first ones on that day to really say anything. And it was kind of like, oh, is anyone else going to say anything? And then slowly but surely we saw people like, you know, Devolver come out and Ubisoft and uh, EA. <laughs> Yo, when I saw Ubisoft, I was like, hmm. I don't yeah. know about that one, Chief. Call for yeah, meeting. Sure. Bam. Like it's cool. It's cool. You signed a statement, and I saw a couple of devs from you. So I even said, like, yeah, I'm so glad that I'm a part of the company that that defends this kind of stuff. And yeah, and I'm just like, want... oh man, what about a couple months ago though? Yeah, what about when when <laughs> when women didn't sell in video games, right? I don't know. I don't know. It, it's just a couple things to think about. I don't know. You can only improve by going uh, forward, but even then, I was just like, uh, I don't know that one. Yep. Buddy. Yep. yep. But um, yeah, man. Uh, we'll see how this uh, continues, man. Sure. On that note, uh, let us wrap up the podcast by uh, talking about. Uh, you know what? Actually, we got uh, we got a new subscriber, so uh, welcome, welcome, dude. Hey, welcome on uh, in. Yeah. Um. So yeah, man. Let's uh close things out by uh starting these outros. Uh, before we do, actually, want to remind everyone to go ahead and like the podcast. We already have like a ton of likes on this on this episode, so thank you guys for tuning in and and liking the podcast. We appreciate appreciate it. it. Thank you, thank um, you. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Let's get started with these outros. Uh, Walt, why don't you kick things off for us? First, I want to thank the people for bearing with Macho's takes. <laughs> I want to thank the people for. Uh... <laughs> I wanna, I wanna, listen, I wanna, listen, listen, right now, all my takes are fresh and, and minty, why? Because I got that persona breath, yeah, the, yeah, the fresh it, mouthwash, cabbage mm. is also fresh, that shit tastes like shit, <laughs> 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 um, I'm, uh, let's see, man. What am, I'm gonna be playing more Dragon's Dogma. I'm really loving it. that game. I was in a lull, yeah, y'all. I'm gonna be honest, I was in a, a lull, lull for... you were laughing out loud, what? <laughs> I was, um. <laughs> I was kind of in a, a game slump. I didn't know what to almost really sounded, play. Almost sounded like goddamn Mickey Mouse right there. <laughs> oh man, really... not Mickey Mouse. <laughs> oh shit, pause. But um, <laughs> I'm gonna be playing more of that Dragon's Dogma. Uh, playing more of of my Switch. Uh, I'm gonna be tackling a couple indies. Uh, I'm gonna be playing Owl Boy. I haven't finished that game. I remember playing it a, a, a while back. I'm gonna restart it. I just don't remember much of it. I remember loving that game. Very zen game. A cozy game, if you will. Check out uh, Cult of the Lamb, too, that demo on Steam. Ooh, it's really yeah. It's really, really I'm good. gonna download that, uh, that, that. That's actually what I'm gonna do then. <laughs> I'm gonna download Cult of the Lamb. Um, I wanna shout out uh, Hero Gasm. Fantastic episode. If y'all haven't watched The Boys, definitely recommend it. Um, I definitely recommend also watching, if you haven't, because I watched it for the first time this last week. I watched Star Wars Rogue One. Never never watched the movie. But one of my favorite movies ever now. Uh, now I'm watching A New Hope, because I've never watched that movie. I'm really enjoying it. I'm halfway through the movie. Nice. Um, I can't wait to get through more of these uh, Star Wars movies to see what all the fuzz is about. Here is like a phenomenon and in, in nerd, nerd culture. We'll see what, what's that about. Um, but yeah, man, more games, more shows, and uh, more food because I'm starving. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Macho, what about you, man? What's going on this week? 
Ja, Punk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this today is going to be Until Dawn with a fiancé. I'm really excited about that. Um, it's going to be her first time. So um, Yeah, you sound excited. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was just thinking about. I was, today, I was thinking about why, why, why are you going at my boy, man? Yeah, man. Yo, this yeah. boy's a fraud. <laughs> he never played Kingdom Hearts. It's okay, man. I'm, I'm gonna keep playing my Final Fantasy games while you're stuck with Persona Four, Three, and Five for the rest of the next ten years. You take that back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're playing until dawn. It's gonna be great because I think I'm just gonna let her play the entire thing. So we'll see what she chooses and how she reacts to everything. And then uh, it's going to be more Crisis Core, and you guys keep talking about Dragon's Dogma, so maybe I'll fit that in, too, this week. Um, and, yeah, so I, one, of the, one of the things I actually want to do for recurring in, in our podcast from here until the end of time uh, is to recommend a video game soundtrack, since I know I talk a lot about video game music, and, uh, and obviously I want to recommend some to anybody who's interested. So for this week, I'll choose uh, the, the soundtrack for this week is going to be uh, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I've been listening to that nonstop as well during some work time along Monster Hunter Rise and 14. Just the uh, it takes the Final Fantasy VII music in a new direction instead of having the usual pianos and violins that we usually hear in these soundtracks. It actually puts in the acoustic guitar, gives a whole new vibe, a whole new identity uh, that just fits the entire game. And I uh, definitely recommend it. So check out the Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII soundtrack on YouTube if. Uh, when you get a chance, man, definitely good, definitely good listen to. And then I'll keep recommending soundtracks every other week or every week rather in the podcast. It won't be just RPGs. I promise. I already got a couple in the line. I'm like, all right, this would be a good one. This would be a good one. And uh, it's going to range from everything from like Red Dead to Last of Us to all this kind of stuff. And yeah, so definitely, definitely listen to the soundtracks. There, it's great stuff. So, but yeah, man, that's it. That's all I got for you guys. You know, uh, real quick, because uh, on that mm-hmm. note of recommending something to listen to, may I recommend 30 more bit minutes with Rooster Teeth's own Elise Willems and Jessica Boslami. Fantastic podcast. They talk about some morbid stuff, but they actually educate you on the origin of that and whatnot. Uh, they just finished season one of the podcast. They're going to start uh, later this month, I believe, like I think the 20, what was it, like the 27th, maybe uh, season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so y'all know what it's about, uh, one of the episodes, they talk about grave robbing and the origins of grave robbing and essentially how that works and what, what the reasons for people doing it are. Uh, fun fact, not so fun. People used to rob graves because they would donate it to hospitals so that they could perform uh, studies, uh, yeah. essentially making a, a, a great book from that. I didn't, I didn't know that. And that's a uh, disgusting that's so, pretty um, cool, actually, though. I like that. Yeah, uh, very educational. They talk about Mount Everest. They talk about um, p- uh, demon possessions, uh, but like actual situations that have happened uh, with a little comedy in there because Elise Williams and Jessica Fasami, their rooster teeth is, you know, they have a lot of comedy content. So they're very, they're very entertaining to listen to. So check that out on Spotify and everyone you're listening to your podcast. Oh, God. Um, Shut, what? What? You got no, something no. to say? Say it with I your chest. Just, I was just reading. <laughs> <laughs> some more three four three industries shit just came out oh, oh yeah i did see that oh yeah. god yeah i, I saw that, that. No, or as bond likes to say 043 oh hey, yeah, yo yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, god damn it just feels like every week there's something with them um yeah so uh damn, look at the calf me, on actually, these turtles god damn sorry go ahead um 
I forgot to mention this during the games played section, but I actually downloaded uh, the <laughs> the Saints Row Boss Factory. Uh, so I what? could like, yeah, so I could design my character. It, it's it's, a, it's a, so like before the game comes out, it's like this little demo where you can actually just like go in there and design your uh, player character before the game comes out. So like you import you know the character you create in this thing into the final game. Um, so, so you're yeah, not gonna I, play Saints Row. I man. think I am, man. I need something Are you? to play during the fall. Yeah, I need something. Which to play one? The, the new one. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's the only one we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. So you that was really the don't let them know your next move kind of, kind of stuff. Yeah, I know. You're right. Well, actually, you're right. <laughs> that was like, what the fuck? Saints Row? <laughs> this man, this is, you're the only guy that's like goes from Divinity to Batman to Saints Row. Like, no. No one's talking about Saints Row. Then you just run out of nowhere. This man's like, hey, Destruction Elsa is looking kind of nice. And it's like, wait, who are you? <laughs> That's hilarious. Soul, Soul is literally an alien trying to like blend in with like video game taste. Bro, I'm trying. I'm trying to see if he's actually all about that farming simulator, though. You let me know about that one, all right? Uh, uh, no, I'm gonna hey, pass on that one. Zoo Tycoon. Hey, <laughs> oh, brother. Man, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be honest with you, Chief, but I ain't playing that one. Damn. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so downloaded that and just messed around with it really quickly. Mm. Um, and uh, Walt, Walt kind of brought up uh, the boys. And like I was kind of thinking about this uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, just what a great year it's been for TV, man. Fantastic. Like, phenomenal fucking year it's been for TV. Like I, I, like, I was just thinking about it myself. Like I, like I just recently finished wilds on amazon and then last kingdom on netflix peaky blinders just came out uh umbrella academy season three just came out obviously there's stranger things uh, better call four. Saul has been coming out that too uh and then of course the boys season <laughs> shut three, up like, macho it... <laughs> <I say> nothing. <laughs> but like yeah man it's just been like it, it feels like miss marvel's year... apparently is good it's yeah, really good yeah it... miss marvel's really good too it feels like this year more so than like I don't know the recent years. It just feels like when one show ends, there's like another one on like quickly on the horizon. It's like oh okay yeah that I forgot yeah this one's coming out or this one just dropped oh cool I'm gonna check that one out right now. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like there's no shortage of like things to watch right now, which is like pretty damn cool. So like games. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. Actually, I agree. See, if, if you're if you're a little if you're a little more uh, if you have a little more taste, yeah, you can find all the games that you like. So, oh man, absolutely. Um, <laughs> you, you don't feel that triple A burnout, am I right? <laughs> oh right, right. Because apparently, don't... apparently, it's it's so wrong to like triple A. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but yeah, man, that's that's gonna do it for us uh, this week on the Dual Shock and Sense podcast. Uh, so yeah, uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Uh, actually, it's funny that Walt says that he's not gonna be here because I don't think I'm gonna be here either on Saturday because oh, of man. school. We have oh. we have a we have a field trip to the <laughs> Museum of Art <laughs> in downtown Orlando. So I, that's where my There's lecture is gonna be. Art in downtown Orlando. What does that even look like? Uh, I haven't been there since I was like 10 years you, you, old. So we'll you know what it out. looks like? It looks like a museum of art in downtown Orlando. That's what it looks like, Macho. Which, oh, that's which, so original. Well, I'm crying from laughter. Which might be, <laughs> which might be a bad 
episode to miss because uh, hey, boys, got a war. It might be on the. On yeah, the my, it's on our. Yeah, exactly. Thing. So you tell me at the live stream myself and talk about God of War. <laughs> oh man, I'm so not we'll used see. to talking to myself. We'll see. We'll 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 figure something yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. You, you said that. You said that. Like you definitely don't. Like you definitely do talk to yourself, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, guys. We'll we'll catch you guys next week. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> Hold on, I forgot that I was streaming. I actually got to go into the menu here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. This I'm is sorry, special for y'all. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold Very on. professional. Uh, which button do I press? Hold on. Bye, everyone. No, all right. What button do I press? Okay. Hold Bye. on. All right. I found it. I found it. Peace out. Macho doesn't know how to use a PlayStation 5. <laughs> where's, where's the turn off button? I don't know where it is. Golly. Golly. Oh, where's the power off button?